The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Uh, an early morning pour on sort of a gray day in Slonoma, but I gotta say it started out beautiful. And hey, we've got Tim's honor. We'll, we'll get there today, John. First of all, welcome to the winemakers. I am indeed John Myers. Uh, pretty much the consumer. You got your music going? I do. Hear it's music off. Going. You did no. I not turn it off? I think no, it's no, on. You still got it going. That's right. Oh, okay. Well, you Don't know mind what? a little. A little buddy guy, or gonna be, uh, actually, he's gonna get a cease and John Mayall. John Mayall, okay, John Mayall well, with the, the lawyers are gonna send a little letter. <laughs> we've we've used a little musical intros before, oh, yeah. but sometimes well, the, the Godfather them a bit. when we had Joel Peterson on. Oh, that's right, All right. and uh, a bunch of other stuff. So, so yeah, yeah, and with Brian Casey today, sommelier to the world. <laughs> right. <laughs> and Sam uh, is going to drop everyone. in. He's in Kenwood as we speak. And Brian, Bart is just receiving grapes. So he's not going to be here. Okay. But we have the fabulous Tim Zahner. Yeah. Executive Director from the Sonoma Valley, Valley Visitors Bureau. Bureau. Good job. You're hired. You're in, Jess. Good job. SVVB. The old SVVB. Yeah. This is VIB. <laughs> welcome well, to this VIB. Hey, welcome to the show, man. Thank you. How Thanks are you doing today? Here. I'm doing great. Thank you for, uh, I was just wandering around the back of this tasting room and I saw you guys were set up and I'm like, maybe there's a microphone here. Yeah. And because Bart's not here, I'm like, oh, look at that. And Sam's not here. I might he, as well just start talking. He did want me to say hi. Oh, good. He was sure. great on it. Yeah. I had him on a And on Joan says hi, too. Good. So. Well, well, hi to everybody. Yeah. yeah How about Sam's. If Sam's in Kenwood, he's probably either at Rossi Ranch or Steel Plow Vineyard. Um, He's been bringing grapes into the tasting room over the last week. Not picking grapes, just picking grapes for sampling. sampling. He's letting things still. They taste delicious, but, you know... I don't know when to pick grapes. That's not my side of the of the business. I think when the so. tractor shows up, right? Well, Is that the rule? we got to, <laughs> you know, it's all, it's Phil's mouth. When Phil says to go, you go. Um, that's so about it. I'm so glad I didn't name the winery Phil's mouth. But, but that, that's. Well, that's Phil sent me members and then yeah, Phil's right. mouth members. I, I don't know. <laughs> I love the new background for the show. So this, this was done by Ben Jammin, who does the tie-dye at the Grateful Dead concerts if you if you're a deadhead really? you probably know ben jammin and this was um left over from the katherine russell and tony saunders um, oh, concert yeah, that, that we did fun. last month at the denmark barn and ben was nice enough to send this to us we use it as a backdrop um out at the barn and then we just had our vinyl sunday pickup mm. party with um uh, david gans uh, did his serious xm yeah. grateful dead radio hour here from the office and then his band critical envelopes played and so we use that as the as the backdrop and so i hope it stays here it's gorgeous so did anybody ask him how he got the name of the band critical envelopes you know i i, I, I kind of f- was curious and then i say envelope <laughs> but mm. i heard him say to someone critical envelope um potato potato i i don't know tomato, tomato. apricot apricot i don't know I well don't no there's a right way to do that one it depends on how you say almond or almond depending on where oh you it's right. definitely right. an almond yeah. <laughs> depends if you grow them it's an almond if you eat them it's an almond that's exactly right <laughs> that's 
Um, so no, I don't know, but that, it is one of the weirdest names for a band that I've ever Crit heard. Critical Envelope? It just doesn't seem to go together, but, um, but they were amazing. Um, the band was incredible, and the rain stopped right at 3 o'clock when the band started. Mm. So Perfect. We had a good day. Well, that, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, they're always fun. Yeah. Vinyl Sundays? I yeah. remember when they started out, and we used to play albums. It was no, so long ago, you yeah. just called it Sunday? No, it was just that's, Vinyl that's Sunday. Was. <laughs> Did Sam just roll in? No, no, no. Oh. But it was actual vinyl that they would play. And that's yeah. the, yeah. some people still think that. They think Vinyl Sunday, that we're going to be playing records. And that happens periodically. You know, you had the guy from Right On Records over in mm -hmm. Napa that brought a bunch of um, vinyl one day, and he did one. But, um, you know, if we can get live music, we get live music. That's oh, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say my kid is junior in high school, and she calls all records vinyls. doesn't call them records. Oh, yeah. Or yeah. albums. Yeah. I know. Yeah. She's, you know those vinyls, Dad? I'm yeah. thinking, are we talking about flooring right now? She goes, no, the kind that you used to listen to music That's on. Right. <laughs> you so used that. to? Don't you have a turntable? I, I do, but I'm just sort of laughing because I, everything's a vinyl. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you didn't call them that when you were buying them. Or yeah. when uh, Columbia House was sending you 99 for a penny. Right. <laughs> for 18 years. I forgot about that. You can't escape, man. <laughs> They'll get you. Wow. They I remember that. You used to see those like yeah. in TV Guide or Reader's oh, yeah. Digest yeah. or wherever where you'd get like 99 well, records for <laughs> like a penny. But then you were then you were on the you. hook yeah. for they like six years. They've heard your voice. They're going to find you. Oh, yeah. man. And, you know, they used to advertise big spreads in like Rolling Stone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you could sign up for... Soft rock, you know. Yeah, was, was it I, yeah. I definitely rock. joined more than once. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, to get Co the free Columbia, stuff. Columbia. Someone yeah. told me they were lower quality recordings. That was their whole trick. I don't know. Huh. I'm not an audiophile. Yeah. But, uh, I just think they wanted to sell more vinyl. That's exactly. it, baby. Yeah. And you know, back then it was so popular. I can remember buying, you know, one of my first San Francisco bands, Jefferson Airplane. Yeah. Uh, and trying to decide to spend. Two ninety nine for mono or three ninety nine for stereo. So huh. you got stereo, of course, right? Of course I did. It's worth the extra dollar. Yeah, it was, but stereo was just coming out. That you yeah. know, you had AM radio. Yeah. It, it had FM didn't wasn't invented then. Right. And, you know, <laughs> F, F, FM came it's with still in the lab. like KSAN and and underground radio at that right. point in time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when I switched from KCRG and Cedar Rapids, Iowa AM station up to Des Moines. KFMG. Wait, so uh, you were on K, wait, KC? KCRG in Cedar Rapids, What's the Iowa. lead? Give it to me. What's the, what's the promo? A, A, oh, AM 1600. All over the town, baby. It was oh, so Oh, man. Fun. Okay, we grew All up here with town. KFRC with Dr. Donald D. Rose. Okay. <laughs> and he would say, tell you the weather in San Pani Jose. <laughs> but at least you were in California. I was yeah. in Iowa, man. Come yeah. on. Well, <laughs> then, yeah. then I think we switched to KSOL and KMEL and KITS. Oh, but um, right. Did you listen yeah. to KSAN with Tom Donahue and Dusty Street and all those folks? Oh, yeah, I saw and that. Dusty um, just died. Yeah, just passed, passed away. Uh, yesterday or the day before yeah. or something? Or? Um, I didn't listen much to KSAN. I grew up in San Jose, in, in oh, San yeah. Pan Jose. Yeah. But over the hill, um, <laughs> we had KFAT coming in from uh, Santa Cruz, Soquel area. Uh, and cool. they had a couple other good good stations out there. Yeah. That's and that's also a funny thing I explained to my kid is that radio was how we listened to everything. Yeah. And we were listening to a local station here, the KSVY, and we were driving out of the valley and it disappeared. And my kid goes, Dad, the Wi-Fi is not working. I'm like, there's not Wi-Fi. What is going on, child? It's radio waves. And this is how we used to listen to stuff because right. we wanted to be the 40th caller. Yeah. There was a time. Get those tickets. Get those tickets. That's right. And then when you drove under an overpass, like, oh, out. no, I lost the song. You had to keep singing. <laughs> that's, that's right. 
it's amazing these kids have access to to music from around the world and it's such an amazing thing that my daughter listens to taylor swift but then also i'll i'll hear her singing and she's singing a billy joel song from like the 80s and they they don't care no. When it's from, where it came from, if it's good music, it's, it's good music. It's all on the same Spotify channel. It just comes exactly, in. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So. Right. You <laughs> it's amazing. You can get absolutely anything you want all the time now. That's it. Yeah. I mean, YouTube has some of the coolest stuff There's ever. There's music on YouTube, yeah, actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good point I mean, you, you want to hear whoever from 1967 live at the Fillmore, they've you got it. it. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. You know, somebody's been doing a hell of a job curating that stuff. So Back in the day, you guys had to trade tapes, right? From the, uh, the dead, uh, I can rem- someone recorded it off the uh, I soundboard. can remember editing tape with a razor blade at the Ooh. radio station. Oh, man. <laughs> Putting things together. <laughs> just drop that. Cut, You're cut, like, cut. where'd that song go? I dropped, I dropped the intro. <laughs> but that's how the Beatles got into tape loops. Okay. And doing all that weird stuff. When and, they were editing and, them and retaping yeah, them and reversing them together them and, stuff. and yeah. yeah, everything. You could do anything with tape at that point. Now yeah. now your kid on their iPhone can do it. Well, now I think that's going to come back. I can totally see now um, they have a taste room over in Napa where they play cassette tapes. I can see cassette tapes coming back for really? a little bit. Eight track will make a resurgence. You still go to flea markets. You can find eight tracks, and then there's people eight that will tracks. repair them for you. <laughs> How about and, four um, tracks? Well, I grew up with reel to reel. My dad had yeah. a reel to reel that he got T-Ac? in Italy when um, it <laughs> oh. was a no, it was a Sankyo. Okay. S a n k y o, which I I don't know if that's a knockoff Sanyo. No. Was that so actually a, a, brand? a brand? Yeah. Okay. Huh. I had a Tiac. Yeah. 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 A reel to reel. Yeah. And so you would have the reel to reel for music. We're not talking movies here. No, no, no reel to reel for music. And then my dad, I, I mean, I still have nightmares about him playing ABBA and giving my sister and I microphones. We would sing along to the ABBA album. He would record it. Yeah, and then he would send it to my grandparents so they could hear us singing. Oh, that's phenomenal. Yeah. I'm sure those tapes are still in existence somewhere. I, I yeah. hope no one ever finds them. <laughs> so, Tim, how's tourism going? <laughs> yeah. well, not as good as this conversation. Welcome to Sonoma. Uh, Where are you? You're from San Jose. I grew up there. Nice. Yeah, in the South Bay. And then, uh, actually, matter of fact, I was talking to a guy who works for Talisman Wines, and he went to the high school right around the corner from my house. So it's kind of a funny moment. We're like, oh, we're both from the 408. Talisman yeah. in Glen Ellen, right? Yeah. yeah. They've been there a long, Marta long time. Marta and her husband, yeah. they make amazing Pinot Lawrence, Noir yeah, and Valdeguier. They're doing like a vertical, we're talking about what's a vertical tasting, and then we were also yeah. talking about they have a new Russian River uh, wine tasting dinner they're doing where they're tasting a bunch of different I think they're wines. doing something at Sweet D, uh, Girl that's, in the Fig's exactly Yeah, exactly I saw it. that. I saw that on Instagram. Um, so so that, you asked me what's going on. You know, there's a lot of neat events happening in Sonoma Valley because we are, as we record this, in the middle of harvest, as we kind of talked at the beginning. So, <laughs> a little slow start. It, well, uh, and, and we'll be doing this until March. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so, uh, What I hear is it's about 40% in for Enterprise Vineyards, 16600. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Two weeks ago, it was only it was under twenty. They had last week. They had only picked Viognier from Steel Plow and the Zinfandel from the estate, and really? so waiting on everything else. Really, um, but you know, I'm sure that's what's been going on the last few days. And then you know, we've had periodic rain. Yeah, spits. how much fun has the weather been for picking grapes? Well, um, not you good. know, if you want an easy job, you wouldn't have picked farming, right? That's <laughs> that's, that's sure. the way to do it. I do yeah. know, based upon my informal data, I, I like this percentage, I look at the number of macro bins that I see on the road. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of them. And then when it's hot or before rain, you see a lot of them yeah. On, oh, yeah. on the roads. And so I'm seeing yeah. a lot more uh, of the bins out there. Everybody's trying to jam it in while they can. But, but, do they but if space? it's not ripe, it's not ripe. And that's where Phil comes in. 
Yeah. You got to wait, right? You well, got to wait till Phil's mouth says they, go. They want that hang time, man. <laughs> you guys yeah. are, but it's, was your mass spectrometer? <laughs> Phil's mouth, guys. No, he, I've never <laughs> seen him use one of those things. <laughs> Phil's um, mouth. Yeah. But, you know, when Sonoma Magazine had this great article, uh, oh, it's out, still out this month, uh, Phil Katori, Godfather of Organic Farming in, in Sonoma Valley. And, you know, when, when you have that kind of background, you don't really need the spectrometer. You go by feel, and he's been doing it since, what, late 70s? 70s, so yeah. he knows what yeah. he wants. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Joel P Peterson earlier. Mm -hmm. He said he would, when he'd take his kid out there, when the kid Morgan stopped, Twain? When Morgan, he's yeah. got his own yeah. When he would stop spitting out the grapes, he knew he was getting close. Right? You just like, <laughs> the kid's like, Come here, kid, eat this. <laughs> exactly. That was well, a little green. All right, make um, the call. I yeah. just saw an article by Arini Global, our friends Nicole. Uh, and Javier, Javier uh, Rollet, uh, Rollet yeah. um, from Chambou in uh, France. Uh, and so they included him in an article about historic vines because mm. that is his big passion is restoring uh, vineyards. At oh, a, Morgan, yeah. Yeah, Morgan and, and, uh, and bringing them back. Yeah. You know, that's the whole thing. You can yeah. go around and see a lot of those old gnarled vines that they're probably not producing as much and you could definitely speak more on that but i guess it's just the history of it and, and the quality of the grape you can get um but you drive around uh, the entire county of north bay you'll find some beautiful old vineyards right uh just north of high uh, dunbar at mm -hmm. highway 12 the oh, Pagani yeah. ranch yeah. Yeah. those have some of the most photographed vines in the in the country yeah. i think those just got picked i think i saw morgan yeah. was picking really? some Pagani. does so. he do that now um, I, <laughs> he's evolved a little bit since he made his first wine at age four. His, dad, his dad's not carrying around on his back anymore. No, <laughs> no. I think Morgan's out on his own now. This is one thing you've got to really be in awe of about Sonoma. Um, it's such a neighborhood community. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, if somebody needs a pump, somebody needs a vessel, somebody needs a truck, uh, they're going to find it with a neighbor and a friend. Because you help out. Whether they're a competitive brand, quote unquote, um, you know, everybody helps out. It's amazing. I think there's a collaborative community aspect that you see it has to do with being agricultural and generations deep. And you're absolutely right. Whether it's harvest or other times, even when times of crisis or times of yeah. good, people rely on their neighbors. Um, and it really a, comes together with neighbors. They absolutely do. And you're absolutely right. Like I often see people like, hey, I need this. You're right. I need a pump or this part broke or something like that. People make it work, right? Yeah. So that's that's important. We're all trying to accomplish the same goal. We're trying to make good wine. We're trying to sell wine. We yeah. want people to come visit us. Right. Um, and that's where you come in. That's yeah. What, yeah my job. Um, I have a. I mean, and again, no offense to anybody from Dubuque, but I tell people on my staff, somebody woke up today in Dubuque, Iowa, and they have your job. And it's a lot harder to get people to go run through a soybean field or a cornfield than it is to get them to come into a vineyard. Right, you can do it. Well, you can do it. Being from Iowa, it's, it's a lovely oh, place. I love it. Go, go. Hawkeyes, or whatever they are. Dubuque is not the, exactly the place you want to visit. <laughs> so what I'm corn, soybeans. We're not sure, John. What are you <laughs> doing in Iowa? My point being this: working in tourism in, in wine country in Northern California in the Sonoma Valley is wonderful because it's not a super hard sell. We, we walk through the yep. tasting room to come through here. There's two different groups in there having a great time. Yeah. And, and, and it's 10.30 in the morning. And it is 10.30 <laughs> in the morning. And drinking wine. And, and uh, I was uh, a little late coming here because people were asking about maps and things to see or do. 
Oh, that's and a good we thing. We run that visitor center, and every day we have people coming up, and they're from around the world. Yeah, how many people do you get in there, and how many people? We get about a hundred talk- a day. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah so we have the card out front. I mean, yeah. I mean, COVID was a problem for a lot of people, but for us, it forced us to get creative, and we put a cart out front of the Carnegie Library, which yeah. is a historic, beautiful red brick building in the middle of the plaza. The plaza is an eight-acre jewel in the middle of Sonoma. The Carnegie Library. Yeah. Tell me about this. Well, a long time ago, John, rich people would donate money for good things. Understood. We <laughs> no. had we had one in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. We had Not a Carnegie Not by chunks Silver. of Kauai. Yeah, exactly. But, but, <laughs> probably did that, too. We didn't know about it. Is that what our city hall is? No, is not our city hall. So so our library, which is the Red Brick Building, is okay. the Carnegie Library. All right. Um, and you're right. He donated a lot of money. Uh, here in Sonoma County, I believe there's one in Healdsburg and Petaluma as well. These, these libraries, there's probably some more that were small libraries, oftentimes a community did not have a public library. And I think it's a huge strength of, a, you know, small towns is the yeah. library, the access to it. Uh, our city hall, if you notice, John, uh, people often ask, well, where's the front of city hall? Right. And they're like, I <laughs> don't know. It's the same on all four sides. Yeah. They're like, ah, ha, ha. Because in true Sonoma fashion, we argued vociferously about the design of a public building. And so that no merchant could look at the back of city hall. Right. It's the exact same on okay. all four sides. Okay. But the front door for the public does face south on, on Broadway, where the big uh, historic palm tree <laughs> sits. Right. Um, but yes, yeah, so the Carnegie Library is just the east of it, red brick building. It's beautiful. There are some steps to go up it. So we put the card out front, and now we get so many people, especially yeah. when a bus pulls up. A lot of day trippers are coming here for yeah, an hour It's like saying welcome. Come, yeah. It is, and people yeah. love it. And yeah. um, you know, working in a visitor center, even in the time of the internet, is kind of funny because there will usually be two people and I'm not going to say, you know, a husband and wife or boyfriend and girlfriend, but the, 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 the man will be looking at the phone and I'll say, can I help you? Like, no, no, I got it. I, I, yeah. I, 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 and the woman might be like, ah, I'm like, and it's not always, but this is kind of the, the generalization here. And they'll take five steps. I'm like, well, the ice cream shop's over there. It's like, where, where's the ice cream shop? And I'm like, it's right over there. Yeah. And then I'll sweet draw scoops. them in sweet scoops. And, yeah, and they all insist they know what they're doing until it's evident they have no idea what they're doing. Sweet scoops yeah. is one of my favorite weight gaining tools. Oh, no, I call yeah. it, I, it's for me, I love it. it's uh, protein enhancement, right? Or if I need <laughs> some uh, calcium. Oh, there you go. That's perfect. Why, go, why is there ice cream? I thought it was just frozen congealed calcium. It is. It right? is. Yeah. <laughs> so delicious. But Tim, you said something interesting, and and I, I work here in the tasting house, and and I was just saying to John that I'm that I'm always, I guess, surprised that we ask, we try and ask everyone when they come in how they found us, not because we're vetting them to see if they have money or anything. It's because we're curious about how they right. would, would stumble upon sixteen six hundred. We're off the square. Right. Um, I you're mean, in a, you're you in have a house. To, yeah, you have to be looking for us. Right. And and some of it is because we farm for forty different wineries. So if they go up to Repre, they hear mm-hmm. the name Phil mm-hmm. Couture. But a lot of it is we found you on Google yeah. or we found you on Yelp. Yeah. Um, and I I guess I just find that surprising. Maybe because I I was saying to John that if I'm going to a specific region, I s- sort of know where I want to go if it's wine related. But I guess a lot of people just, they no. have no idea. And they don't know if they want to go to a, if they're going to a place with a big castle or, mm-hmm. if, uh, or if they're going to a smaller place. It's, it's baffling to me. And luckily we have good reviews. Mm-hmm. And so people come in and they right. say, oh, we, we saw that you had really good reviews. But, but to pick a, a winery off of good reviews in the taste, it just seems weird to me. Well, I, can I jump in on that? Is that, that the, everyone looks for information differently. Yeah. 
we get a lot of people who come up to visitor centers and ask, and a lot of people who plan everything out, a lot of people who show up and have no idea. But we are definitely active online getting our word out there, whether it's through social media or through blogs or yeah. even reviews, yeah. uh, because a lot of people do use it. We, I mean, people are listening to this right now probably on what we would call a phone because we're that old. We're like, it's your phone, but how often do you call on it? No. Uh, so if you're listening to a podcast on it, they're going to click over and look up your Yelp reviews, which are very high and TripAdvisor or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of the fact of how people travel. What's, and a, often, you know, what's a typical review about Sonoma? Oh, you know, actually, people really like that's that's a great question. Um, if you're talking about Cinema Valley, people are very uh, positive about it. I don't want to say. Oftentimes, they compare us to our neighbors who are just east of Eden over there mm -hmm. in the other valley, Napa, uh, which is a lovely place. Yep. Uh, and they often say we're the friendly version. And I'm like, well, I have friends in Napa, and they're not jerks, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's just like that perception, I think, but also that we are. I mean, look, we're we're behind an older house. How old is this house? Like uh, 1898, I think it was. Built. Okay, so this is a, a a fancy tasting room for Sonoma. Tasting house. A house. Oh, it is go. literally a house. It's yeah. probably it was a two or three bedroom house yeah. uh, and it was moved here it was moved here yeah so there's to be like six blocks over and they were going to tear it down and put up a new structure and uh, mr freiberg who owns this little complex that we're in um got some friends in a flatbed truck and this is a very sonoma story he's right. like don't tell and the planning I'm, commission well, no, shh, just everyone be quiet just show up <laughs> that's right <laughs> 10 o'clock at night yeah well that's what i'm thinking because if you normally when you see that kind of stuff on those like hgtv channels when right. they move a house I mean, you're talking about getting the city involved. There's right, overpasses and, and electric poles. Right, no. But in between here and there, we don't even have a stoplight in Sonoma, right? We got one over here on 5th oh. Street, right? Oh, that's right. Okay. No, so we have third, second, <laughs> but, is... but but off the square. Fifth. No, there's no stoplight. Off the square. So I'm imagining they probably hit no stoplights, yeah. no electric well, lines. Well, when, when did they move it here? Uh, 1978. So, okay. so it, like that's that. old Sonoma too. That was back you know? then. Yeah. Well, so my point yeah. being, like a lot of reviews about how friendly we are, how approachable we are. Um, <clears throat> our wine is incredibly high quality, right? Yeah. But that comes from the fact that we're farmers first, right? We grow grapes here. We farm FFA. You know, all that sort of stuff is, is in our DNA here. Yeah. So I think that comes through in the reviews when they're like, "I didn't talk to like some corporate overlord, PowerPoint, Google Slides, <laughs> Excel spreadsheet person." Yeah. You know, I talk to this nice wine educator, and I talk to this nice guy who, who's out there in, in, in the yeah. mines and stuff like it's that. It's a big so, difference. You know. It is. And I, again, I don't want to impugn the good name of Napa. You should go visit yeah. Napa. It's a lovely place. It is. And um, and we've had many, many great interviews with people, you yeah. know, from from tasting houses to Andy Beckstoffer, who yeah. owns most or a huge percentage of the plantable land in oh, Napa. And, well, and one now, of the most sought after vineyards. But, yeah. 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 But that's and that's our Tokalon. Are, yeah. God herself touched Tokalon, and that, no, that whole mythical story about Tokalon. It's just tell it. I, I mean, well, because Mandavi supposedly, and again, I'm not a wine person, but I am a marketing person. So there is some <laughs> good. <laughs> so I like it. Mandavi understood that to sell California wine and Napa Valley wine, he had to cr create or sell this place of Napa, right? Because people weren't used to thinking of New World wines as being quality. Yeah. We were kind of like, you know, we, we, had, we had the history of a lot of immigrants coming here and having bulk wine. We had, like, you know, the Italians and the Spaniards. and uh, Name an ethnic group that had wine. A nice Chianti. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's good stuff. So he thought, I want to sell premium wines. I have to sell the story of Tokalon, which is this beautiful vineyard in Napa that on the seventh day God touched 
and created the most beautiful Cabernet on the planet. But it tastes like yeah. an angel's pee. You know, it's amazing. Yeah. It's the most amazing stuff ever. So that's the story that you had to create. And I'm not saying Chocolon's better or worse than no, but there Sonoma are, Valley Vineyard. There are a lot of stories about that. It means, well, what did Andy tell us about? Uh, well, it, it, the, at, the, at the Last Supper, first got, they had the regular no. wine, and then, and then, and then, and then, he, then they said, now we'll have the goods of the Tocolon. And, and the very bad so like, and even Andy Andy couldn't even tell us why the Cabernet that came off that vineyard was so good it, he, the, he couldn't he couldn't nail it down to the soil type or the exposure or the clearly the you didn't read this I mean, press release sir let me show was, you again it's, it clearly it's, states in the lead this is very good yeah it's just Clearly. the magic of Tokolon. It's the magic. it's the magic of Tokolon. Which is weird because you cross the street. No, no more magic. It's over. No, no, no. Magic you, ends at that yeah. where they have surveying stake. That's right. That's right. right. <laughs> and it's shared by how many different vintners? Yeah. I mean, Andy owns well, half of something, that, and then if you have enough money and you want to pay twenty five thousand dollars a ton for cab, you can oh, put really? Tokolon on the uh, on right. the label. I saw on Facebook someone said, "There's a bunch of cab. Just come pick it." In their backyard. So, yeah. I mean, 25000 Just right. come pick it. Yeah. Um, we saw somebody, <laughs> I think it might have been the Silicon Valley Bank people, uh, when they did their wine report, was talking about when it all started back then, or it might have been Andy. Uh, grapes were a commodity set by the government uh, prices. So, just like oranges. And they would say, right. cab is $700 a ton. I think that was the reference figure four to seven something like that and now obviously the farmers are getting what they deserve for a high quality right. product and but the marketing of that was pure genius wasn't that, nicely done i mean you could talk to this more but the idea to market single varietal or you know blends but really it's chardonnay you know 75 percent that wasn't a new a california innovation i heard no but it's weird that it started so late here that um I mean, we went over and met Jim Pedrincelli over in Dry Creek yeah. um, a while ago. And, Bonded um, Winery 113, right? I was 97 years. You know, people don't realize that you used to buy your wine in barrels, and then yeah. it, that would make its way to the store, and then you bring people would bring jugs in. Right. And then even the 750 mil bottles, that was a new thing. Mm -hmm. Putting a vineyard designate was a new thing in the 50s and 60s. Putting a varietal on it was a new thing in the 50s. I mean, that blows me away. Was that a way, though, to kind of stand out from, like, the French, the Premier Cru, the Grand Cru? And all it, that was, sort of stuff? it was. It was a way. And then people didn't even put vintages for a long time because you weren't aging the wine. It wasn't like you had a stellar you vintage in California. You drank it. You were bringing well, it home and drinking it with dinner. I, so I, I, we mentioned growing up in San Jose next to the famed Almaden winery. Yeah. Uh, we will, is that we will drink no wine before it's time? I think, I think that was the gallows. I think Almaden was like, the bigger the jug, the better. I can't, I don't know. What <laughs> <laughs> but my neighbors, uh, second generation Japanese American farmers, they would, we would just make wine in our, in our garage. And, and they would just do that. And that was the big thing. And, yeah. and so, but you're right. In the 60s, we kind of, and then especially the 70s and 80s is when it started going. We became bigger and bigger about the varietals and yeah. behind it. Yeah. But, and that, that's when it all took off. And, you know. and that's the story of wine. That's right. <laughs> so <laughs> you're, the problem. you're on dad duty today. Oh. My the wife is on a business trip to in New York. And so hmm. I'm, uh, yeah, I've got to go pick up a daughter at school, take yeah. her to the dentist and oh. then take her back to school for oh. about an hour, then go pick her up at school, take her to swim. Oh, um, what, what grade is she in? Uh, she's a sophomore at Credo. Okay, uh, yeah, over in Runner Park. Park. That's right, the Ropo. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, that's a lot of driving for you. I think that's, a well, it's, that's all I do. I can't wait till she gets her license. At, at first, I was terrified. <laughs> now I, I can't now wait. It's like her, yeah, Honey, here's a new car. <laughs> Drive yourself. Yeah, I'm just gonna get her like a '64 Impala, so she won't get hurt if she hits anything. She'll <laughs> it's a big as a whale. <laughs> That's what we did with my sister. My sister would find a way to hit light poles. And yeah, we them. kept losing um, side mirrors. My sister's like, I don't know how that happened. I'm like, because yeah. you're a bad driver. Yeah. <laughs> how did you not notice you lost a mirror? Um, I can see that happening on the Amalfi Coast, but no, not here yeah. in Sonoma. Yeah. yeah. That's a tough one. You got a tough yeah. job today. Hey, yeah. take care of the kids. So, that's right. Well, and you guys, Tim, nice to meet you. Yeah, unfortunately, you got to get out of here. But um, um, Tim is in competent hands. So I'm. And I have no say, doubt. He said Tim is incompetent, and then he said hands. Did you hear that? <laughs> that's I heard right. that, John. I know what you're doing there. I don't <laughs> fall for your ploy. Thanks. Yeah. Much appreciated. <laughs> All right, guys, and and you know, Thanks. just before I leave, um, let me just say, Tim, good job with every. Thing that you're doing, well, we. You. Uh, I've I, I've never lived in Sonoma. Can I? I've um, worked here. I worked for the Benzingers in the early 2000s, okay. and then for Sandra Bernstein at Estate, and then the Girl in the Fig. Worked at the Fairmont Sonoma Mission Inn, and then worked here. But I've never lived in Sonoma, mm. um, mainly because I can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're over in Roner Park. Yeah. Roner <laughs> Park. We could afford, no uh, Ropo. They're it. building a new downtown. In Runner Park. We're working on it. Yeah, they are. The um, old State Farm used to be. But I definitely spend, you know, 70% of my time here yeah. in Sonoma. Um, that's a good well, place. I think yeah. that that's very common. Yeah. You know, Sonoma's what, eight blocks square? It's or, not very large, the town itself. You're right. Absolutely. Eight street to eight it, street. It's, it is small, yeah. compact, walkable. Yeah. Um, and a, a fair amount of people drive in. I drive in for, for work. So, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, Where are you it's coming pretty, from? I come in from further away. I come in from Windsor. So You're kidding uh, me. No, I got through Bennett Valley. I love it. Isn't that the I, best commute? It is a wonderful commute. You drop yeah. right down in Glen Ellen, yeah. and if you do it right, today I couldn't do it, but you can stop at Les Pascal's, that French bakery. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just got to do quality wow, control so on their good. croissants just to make sure they're good. Yeah. Almond croissants. Oh, those are good, too. Yeah. yeah those are my You favorites. just got to wait when there's not a line going down the I block. I know, but Pascal's yeah. so nice. Oh, yeah. hello. Next. Hello. Yeah. How are you? Yeah. Ça va? You know, <laughs> and actually they make something for us at the holidays called flan it's parisian flan not like a mexican flan okay Okay. imagine um sort of a stiffer pumpkin pie consistency i mean to the point where you can literally carry it around in your pocket because i used to get them at (laughs) patisseries good for first responders (laughs) when they're fighting fires pocket flan would you like some pocket flan It's okay. It's not the Spanish or Mexican type. It's the French type, so it'll hold up in my pocket. I used to I used to buy one and around Paris and I'd put it in the pocket of my jacket and then take just it home to the hotel. Yeah, I mean I was just like carry it around. Take I really want to this is like you know how Rick Steve says Europe to the back door and he has all these like tips and tricks. Here's here's his like grab some fun and jab it in your pocket and get on the metro. Around, baby. Take it home to the hotel. Have a yeah. night, man. I'm when sure you... that's on the next Sonoma Visitors Bureau. Um <laughs> Five places, five places to have Grab some flan, put it in your pocket in Glen Ellen, go to Talisman, <laughs> and then when you're done with the tasting, if you're hungry, oh, see? pull it right it's out of your exactly pocket. exactly it, baby. You got it. <laughs> see you, Brian. All right, Brian. Okay, bye, guys. Have Good a great you, afternoon, man. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. What I wanted to say is, John, this is $2.99, so... Remember, we got to do something. Two ninety nine. Well, so we're working and on everybody who's listening. We're going to have a listener appreciation. Bart just called and wanted to see if we could do it next Thursday, so it would be out next Friday. Okay. 
So Wait, cool. this is podcast two ninety nine. Two ninety nine today, nice, babe. Good job, guys. Yeah, five years. That's phenomenal. Good yeah. job. I would like to be the first to congratulate you on your three hundredth episode. Thank you very much, Jeff. <laughs> totally appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> you said you had a, you loved marketing. Do you have a marketing background? I don't. You know, I'm I have the the perfect education for doing what I do because I majored in philosophy and English. Excellent. So, Where'd you go to school? Uh, I went to school in Milwaukee. It's called Marquette University. Yeah, hey, Dare. Oh, yeah, I know, don't you I know, know? Plenty oh, of folks yeah. from Marquette. Well, I my, mean, my wife's being from, from Chicago. Yeah, you know? of course. Well, yeah. you're you're a fib, a fabulous Illinois uh, buddy. Other than that, on, on podcast, we call it <laughs> fucking Illinois <laughs> bastards. So. Thank you. So I can't say <laughs> when, people, when people do come to the visitor center and they are from Illinois, they say, oh, you're a fib. And they know that. Uh, some of them do. Um, yeah, and we used to say on the radio in Chicago, welcome to Wisconsin. Smell our derriere. Exactly. <laughs> so. It is kind of funny. It, it is that kind of uh, Wisconsin has a thing against, not against Illinois, and Illinois just has a, a vague recollection that Wisconsin exists somewhere up there. It's like there's two different animals. Um, I used to race a lot up at Elkhart Lake. Oh, you did? Yeah, sports car racing. You did? What, oh. would, you, what would you race? I didn't know that. Hence why well, you're wearing I, your cool Ferrari. Uh, yeah, I got thing. to I got to drive Ferraris. I got to drive uh, Lotuses. I got to what? drive a lot of British cars. Um, yeah, it was really fun. I did not know that. I had a great time. Really? Yeah, wonderful. You would great hobby. Did you own these cars, or you raced them for um, other people? I raced them for other people. Okay. Yeah, yeah there was a lot. Of... I had a couple of British cars that I used to drive up there too. So. That's interesting. Okay. And triumphs and stuff. Do like they that. break every third lap? Like a good. Uh, no, car did? in okay. fact, sometimes I would actually drive them up. Really? Race. And drive you know, back. and get it tech specced and tighten the wheels and all that right. stuff that you have to do. What you have to realize is it wasn't as technical back in 1980, no. Whatever and 90, time and etc. Yeah. yeah. And so. uh, are you watching all this Formula One stuff? Absolutely. Like how it blew up and became a big thing? Well, you know, we've always been into it. I mean, yeah. since the early 60s when I was a kid, it was great. So I let mean, me ask you, do, you do you go to race your own car here at Cinema Raceway? You can do yes. that. Yes. You do that. Uh-huh. So they have the uh, Wednesday night drags and drifts. Even um, Joan has been on that track in her Mercedes two-seater convertible. <laughs> Seriously. It's a classic car. It's 20. And it's a great racetrack that people can. You can come watch, of course, NASCAR and all sorts of stuff like that. But you can also participate in and race your own car or, or oh, the Ferrari absolutely. people come out and stuff like we that. We have so. a lot of fun. And Sam Katuri, uh, freshly in from special assignment. Welcome. Special assignment to in the field, the Rossi Ranch. Uh, that's where we figured just, you were. So I just love that we have like these microphones set up at back of the house, and random people show up on the podcast. <laughs> well, I, wouldn't I call, mean, not random, but like uh, anybody coming random. by, just like hop on in. That's pretty much the format. Tim. It. <laughs> Tim, it's very on brand. You I know, it is. we're on the driveway, the park. You know, <laughs> we've and truly unexpected guests uh, at any up. at any moment. I love this. Oh, I mean, you were expected clearly because you work here. Right, I'm on there, but yeah, he you owns know. the place. It's your, yeah, you're, you're running the rent check and stuff. But I've yeah, I've great. spent today's Wednesday. Yes, I think I've spent like two hours at the office so far this week. Oh, well, oh, what is it looking like in the fields, man? What's going on? Uh, How's it's, going? With it's, all this rain craziness, you know, the rain didn't do. You know, there's not that much damage. Good. There's a little botrytis and some things you'd kind of expect there to be. Um, we had we had because it's such a late crop and in a lot of things fairly heavy. We had thinned out and leafed a bunch of stuff already mm. to try and get it to get ripe. So 
it was there's plenty of like airflow and room for stuff to Good. dry out and, and not be a no problem. canopy at all at this point no there's still there's still some canopy there's actually a lot of canopy in places um but we're at this point one of the winemakers um that we work with basically said you know it's it's not about waiting until things are ready anymore mm. it's about waiting for places to put it because oh, everything's because every, right everything time. is Same you know the, all the earlier ripening varieties are way late and all the late ripening varieties are just a little late <laughs> so it's all you know we this week will pick um Syrah, Zinfandel, Grenache, Mavedra, Cabernet, and our white yeah, runs. The old Pinot Cab combination. And the classic. Yeah, just like <laughs> and the white runs. And the white runs. Really? From, from Rossi Ranch. Grenache How? Blanc. Grenache Blanc, Roussan, and Clarice. Nice. Yeah. You're bringing in all those different bridles this week. This week. Yeah, you've got a storage issue. Yeah, I mean, you know, fortunately, some, you know, we we make things complicated at Winery 16600, Tim. <laughs> um, some of it's being made at Stone Edge Farm, some of it's being made at Magnolia, and some of it's up at Repri. Oh, I didn't mention the Primitivo Rosé that went up to Repri yesterday. Okay. Um, so it's, it, but all those wineries have storage issues of their own. Right, they got know? their own crop coming in. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's just, you know, it's more like... W- wait for a tank so you know everybody's sort of like furiously pressing out what they can to open up tanks to bring in more stuff i was just say this is funny from the tourism aspect people are like should i come during harvest like is that a great time i'm like yes and no because it's an insane i I was earlier saying how much i love and hate october yeah because it's bonkers and there's so much craziness going on and like beer makers don't have this problem right when they want to make beer they open up a bag of hops and malt and they make it and some water your crop all comes in at once and you really don't have Sam the luxury. A, a glass of <laughs> <Lush> Chardonnay. <laughs> you don't have the luxury. He's got to forget. The These are that. beautiful breakfast wines. I, seriously. As they should be. I'm going to yeah. try some here in a second. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, that sounds like you got a lot going on, man. Uh, yeah, it's it's exciting. <laughs> Where are you percentage-wise? When we did the show two weeks ago, you were at less than 20%, you said. so. Um, I think... We're probably at 65%, 70% as we sit here right now. You know, um, and at the end have, of the week, 75 maybe? A little more. At the mean, end of the week, what, I, what am I doing on Monday? I'm doing Sangiovese, Cabernet, and Grenache next week, I know. Um, and maybe some other Grenache. So, uh, put it this way. By, by Halloween... I will be at, you know, it'll be over what we expected, but everything we expected to bring in will be in. And then the rest of that, of next week, will be figuring out what to do with everything that's left. How do you store that backup? Yes, I wonder. Oh, I mean, you don't store, if you have to, you can wait, you know, 12 to 24 hours to process fruit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not ideal, but it's doable. And it's cool. Yeah, outside you put it, it's, cool, it's coming in cool. Going, you know, it was 45 degrees this morning at the Rossi Ranch at, wow. at 6 a.m. Um, and so you were there? No, I, sh- I showed up about 7.30. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I could today. They were picking, we picked uh, for a couple other people before they got to us, hmm. including uh, Bart got his Grenache today. And that's what he yeah. said. I, I just talked to him. He said he was expecting fruit. So. Yeah, he was, you know, when I left there, um, you know, that's the other thing is like, because there's more fruit, 
than expected. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, we need more trucks or there's less room on the trucks. So they were waiting. We were waiting for another truck, one for Bart's fruit and one how, for how mine. Do you, how do you track all this? Do you have a huge whiteboard or is this all in your head? Do you have Excel <laughs> spreadsheets? How are you doing? There's um, a, a little of all of the above. Post-it notes, everything, yeah. all the um, You know, the, the Bible right now is a daily email that comes out. Okay. Uh, you know, every day at two o'clock, Enterprise Vineyards has a harvest meeting. Okay. Um, and go over you know all of the the entire plan for the immediate following day. Okay. Okay. And then sort of the sketch what for the, the next happen. few four or five days out of that after that. And you're balancing labor, <clears throat> material, trucks, and then if it's ripe or not. Yeah. So okay. you, you know. Th- most of it is other winemakers making the call as far as oh right because they've contracted they've with the contracted farmer fruit or, they fr- want, or the farming right they want a certain type of um, fruit coming in got it so you know so there's that piece of it you know my my father's phone right now just like rings nonstop <laughs> with with winemakers and vineyard owners and right then then also like the entire management team um, it's it's the biggest thing is the equipment to you know the crews right and then the equipment so so labor tra- equipment tractors trailers something to unload the tractors and load the trucks with Got you it. know whether it's a forklift or you know a lot of the right. places that we farm forklifts don't really work they won't uh, fit up there it's too muddy. Just, no, it's no, too no. muddy and yeah, no. you know hilly and you right. know, fl- forklifts are good on flat and hard yes surfaces. you do not want a forklift and um, so we have like all these these you know what do they use up at cayman and and 1600 um, up on there's a, a Kubota tractor called the R420 that um, articulates in the middle and has can be fitted for um, forks on the front, but it's definitely like you know a forklift goes up, down, left, right. Right. How do know. they do terraces? Carefully. <laughs> they roll the grapes downhill. Yeah, no, it's just I mean you know you're just you get to the end of the row and there's a whole lot of like making sure you're turning safely. You know, coming yeah. back from Napa. <clears throat> just as you're turning at uh, Nichol- Nicholson Ranch, <laughs> there's some beautiful terracing there. Um, I guess it would be on the east side of the mountain. They just really did a nice job, and I thought they weren't allowing terracing anymore. I think the uh, the on the south side of the road there, Yeah. Um, I think those were built before those rules went into effect. Okay. Yeah. So if the terrace exists... From you know, grandfathered in from before the rules, you can continue to like replant it. You just can't cut new ones. And you're actually cutting terraces, not planted it on the contour. What? Well, What's a little, the reasoning little behind yeah. uh, not having terraces anymore? Uh, you know, erosion control. Basically, um, you know, you can make arguments that going vertically up and down can be as just as causes just as much erosion. Yeah. Uh, basically, you know, at, at some point, some vineyards were planted on slopes that they shouldn't have been. Okay. With, well, with, with some corners cut and some bad engineering. And both Sonoma County and Napa County put in pretty stringent rules on the slope that you can plant on. and okay. um, To stop yeah. erosion. Well, to well, stop erosion. And, and as you're rain driving rain. over and you're sitting at that light, there's a beautiful... Uh, vineyard in front, and it's all vertical rows, and it yeah, looks like can, it would I, drain like I, hell. That vineyard might appear beautiful to an untrained eye. <laughs> it does. It's that, vineyard is, that vineyard is 
I don't know who owns it. I'm going to be pissing somebody. It's hot trash. That really? vineyard is is Roundup sprayed under I, the vine it, row. It's so clean. And every and time deal, it yeah. rains, nice and orange. It just pours. It all just, that crap. It just all the topsoil oh, really? just gets and washed right down the, onto the, the roots. That's not a good. Yeah. No, that vineyard is. That's not my favorite intersection for vineyards. Don't find that vineyard guy for future sponsorship. Yeah. No, yeah. Don't. <laughs> not going to do that. Sorry if you farm that vineyard. I sincerely apologize. Well, you know, and, and but I stand behind what I said. You know, Andy Beckstoffer was telling us about re- having to retrain the tourists. Yeah, because tourists look and they go, "Oh, well, that this looks like a very unkempt vineyard, and it's organic I, and it's the way you should well, grow." I want to say, I think. Winemakers and growers are doing a better job explaining, you know, permaculture or you know how we do stuff, and I think consumers are getting better at that too, understanding it. You know, I mean, I think um, it's it's a key you know key point of what we talk about when you come into sixteen six hundred, mm-hmm. um, and you know what it, you know Andy Beckstoffer's point, um, an organic vineyard doesn't necessarily mean any more unkempt. There are, you know, tons of ways of, of managing that, whether it's, like, more intentional, um, you know, permanent cover crops mm-hmm. or, you know, better, you know, weed control, mechanical weed control, whatever you're doing. Um, it's it's just about restating, you know, and, I, you know, and I, hopefully Sonoma Valley Visitors Bureau doesn't do this. But anytime, um, you know, like a wonderfully rounded up vineyard gets posted in a sustainability initiative on the internet, uh, I take, I take a, I, I have a collection. I have, you know, you can like yes. save Instagram posts. Yes. I have yes, a collection, yes. screenshots, and uh, you know, one day I'm gonna cash in those receipts. We got, but I'll tell you one thing because you're true. Because this is a great difference between the farmer, the vintner, and then like this makes a beautiful photo. Right. And uh, we once posted a lovely photo. It was, uh, this is back when I was at Sonoma County, and, and it was up in Alexander Valley, and the leaves were just this perfect shade of red, <laughs> and look at, I'm like, look at this beautiful fall foliage, and I had a farmer like, that That's, is a diseased that vineyard. That is virus, Tim. <laughs> that is virus. Stop putting that photo out. And I'm like, but how am I going to compete with Vermont and their leaves? Uh, Wisconsin. <laughs> Wisconsin, uh, yeah. Well, so you're absolutely right yeah. on that. Um, no, and, and that's what it, it's just a, it's a discussion point. Well, but I want to say the jumping point, most Californians now are seeing, even in their cities, they're not using glyphosate and stuff on their parks. Right. So we're getting used to seeing that, you know, our, our city parks, they're putting in cover crops or they're using, you know, the, the, the spray that smells like a, Oh, it's a different kind of spray to do. Yeah, basically, it's like a mix of vinegar and baking soda. Exactly. Yeah. So you can. So we're getting used to the not perfect manicured look, understanding that's better for the environment. So I think that trains people to to understand that. I also think, like you mentioned, at wine tastings, you say this is how we do stuff, right? And we're going. We're not growing one crop for one year. We're growing this for a lifetime and for generations. So we want to take care of the soil. Those roots go down Your thirty kids, feet. Kids, kids, kids. You know? Yeah. Yeah. What's, you, what's your dad say? Oh, you are the tourism board. <laughs> <laughs> that was well said. You, so you tell them that. So you, you plant a vineyard story, right? for your You plant grapevines for your children and olive trees for your grandchildren. There you yeah, go. That's totally it. Perfect. Right? It's a wise man that plants a tree whose shade he'll never sit in. And, mm. and it's sort of like you've got to – I was trying to explain it to my kid. Right. So I was pointing out the city. He's like, you got to plant trees now because I won't enjoy them. Right. But I was pointing to my daughter. I'm like, your kids will. And that's why you plant them. You know, right? in our backyard, we have – seven redwoods and oh, yeah. oh, there was 
they had taken out a stump, but not completely. <laughs> and so I let. So now it's got a thousand. I say now, now you've got a thousand. I, I've got the sprouts, oh, and I I let them go, and I picked the best five or six, and right. I let them go, and I finally picked the best one, and it's now a fifty foot redwood. Yeah. yeah. In ten years. Right. So that's yeah, great. Yeah, redwoods they grow fast. really fast. Yeah. And they're wonderful trees. I know. Welcome to Tree Talk. <laughs> but Tim's on. We get we get a lot of visitors asking us where they can see redwoods mm. at the visitor center, and I, there's one right outside my window. Right. I'm like, well, redwoods grow really fast. Actually, uh, they're lovely trees, but they're really wonderful where they should grow out in the yeah. redwoods. Behind your house, redwoods can be kind of right in, yeah, can be kind of intimidating yeah. when those branches are yeah. 50 feet in the you air. You want to? It's good to have it. A little ways away from the house. Exactly. <laughs> and you've been to my place. Yeah. They're all They're of, right. what, 20 feet? Yeah. And the uh, the 400 and some year old oak is maybe built two inches from our eave. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Our house. Your insurance agent doesn't listen to this, does he? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Although she's been over, so she's seen it. But, you know, what, what can I say? I'm deep in the middle of some place that I doubt is ever going to burn. So. Yeah. Uh, send people to the grandmother tree. I'm sure you do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're talking about the grandmother in, tree over in there. Ja- in Jack Lund- well, in Jack oh, okay. London Park. Yes. It's actually a great hike from the parking lot up around the vineyard. And this is at his home. Jack well, it's up home, in right? the it's up in the canyon behind the house behind the vineyard. Okay. Uh, and it's just this tree that's you know gone through every storm and broken off. Yeah, and, been there forever. And there's other trees growing out of the branch, you know, the nooks of the branches. It's just, it's it's epic. It's a great uh, tree. Yeah. Uh, Hunt Bailey, who runs Cinema Adventures, talks about, yeah. he loves going up there and it's one of his favorite spots. Yeah. There's another grandmother tree, as they say, at the Cinema Garden Park. Um, oh, and really? That's a, that's a, they call it a grandmother tree, too. It's a beautiful old oak right there okay. next to the fig forest uh-huh, uh, okay. on 7th Street East. But okay. yeah, that one of Jack London is, there's, it's, th- those trees are so beautiful and awe-inspiring. When you get older, you're like, I can't even think about yeah. what that thing's been through. Ours you know? takes yeah. four people, uh, yeah. arms outstretched, to go around. To go around it yeah. in your yard. And this one would take <laughs> like front uh, you ten. Know, your, your entire graduating <laughs> yeah, class. Yeah, a or picnic, <laughs> picnic full of, of people, a big, a big one. But, yeah. Oh my! Well, it sounds like you've been busy and you've got a hell of a week coming up, and then tighten everything up, and uh, so when and then and, you know. And then it never stops. Isabel shows up on ah, November sixth. Isabel Gassier from on, from from well, she's Provence area, right? From Costier de Nîmes, yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, east uh, west of Marseille. Okay. Um, and she will help west us sort of, of finish Marseille. off. How cool! The the Grenache uh, and the Audutets. Um Was this like a, a a traveling winemaker? I don't know who Isabel. Yeah. Is. So Isabel Gassier, she um. Was a, a protege of Philippe Combe. Her okay. family, her family has uh, a large wine production. Um, you know, from from bulk to super high okay. end uh, in Nîmes. Okay. Um, and so you know, trained in enology and viticulture. Mm. Worked for Philippe Combe for a few years. Came uh, worked a harvest for Bedrock. Okay. Um, and then worked for Enterprise Vineyards for. So she comes here every year. So na- and then yeah. she went home, you know, kind of got called home to work on the family property, yeah. uh, but comes back three or four times a year and well, that's uh, great. sort of as our consulting winemaker. Uh, not sort of. Well, consulting the, winemaker. They um, they're the ones. Philippe and Isabella helped you guys uh, produce or start right. Audit the, audit, yeah, and you know, two heads. The the uh. protocol, you know, it's their protocol. Okay. Right, um, so, yes, she'll be here, and then the day that she gets here that evening. Brian and I head to Atlanta um, 
we just got 16600 picked up in the Georgia market. Um, so we're going down there. We have... Through a retailer. You're not for, shipping direct. Are you gonna, uh, we, I mean, okay. we ship direct just about everywhere. Oh, okay. Um, you know, that we're allowed to. Exactly. I'm saying. You're <laughs> going to be talking to... <laughs> it's a all legal. Cork on the road yeah. podcast. Um, so we're going to... We're going to... Kelly, it's sort of Good. been uh, like our advance man on this. She's... Um, She's know, really good at she's, that. She's been yeah. great. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we'll be in a, a debt of gratitude. Uh, but we have some consumer events. We have a wine dinner um, at a place called Southern Bell on Wednesday the 10th, I believe. No, 8th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 8th. Atlanta's um, going to be a good market for you, I think. Yeah, Atlanta, you know, uh, um, I'm excited. The The food scene's popping off there. They just did their, you know, they just did a Michelin Guide for Atlanta. Oh, so did they? Okay. Um, or it's coming so uh, you know it's it's a great spot, um, you know, and, and I'm excited to get down there. So um, we'll go down there for a few days and then turn right back around and be in the middle of all these tanks fermenting. Um, and so then Thanksgiving. And then Thanksgiving's right around What's, the corner. So here's the question: What is the right wine for Thanksgiving? What's there's only one answer, right? Sonoma well. Valley wine. <laughs> Shannon Blanc from Bart. Well, That's Chenin a good Blanc one. Shannon Blanc to start. Uh, a little, maybe a little Grenache for the bird and Zinfandel to finish it off. Okay, look at you. Oh. Okay. Okay. I mean, you know, Thanksgiving is is uh, the biggest red wine night of the year. It's a big one. Right? More, but you could more red wine start Thanksgiving. with sparkling and people walk in the door or something like that. And it, I, I ask a winemaker what they should do for Thanksgiving. They all kind of look at me like they all have. They ro- There's so many options. We're gonna, yeah. s- uh, this Thanksgiving, I'm going to sleep. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Harvest will finish the night before. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to open the uh, Severson Cab Magnum that I have from like what? It's like 2012, yeah, 2013, yeah, something, something like that. that. Yeah. yeah, that'd be a good one. Yeah. You going to drink that behind the redwood tree? Well, friends coming up, uh, family coming up from the uh, Bay Area, so nice. that should be a lot of fun. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, give it. An well, I just it's like it's been sitting there and sitting there, staring. And staring. At you. Yeah, it's like you know, damn. We used to have when when the Wall Street Journal had that column, open that bottle night. Yeah, yeah, and that kind of w- faded away, and that, that they left. But we should bring. I'm that sorry back. about that. Open that Sonoma Valley bottle. Now. Open that, which is actually any day that ends in a Y. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Only <laughs> only days that start with T. Today, tomorrow, Tuesday, Thursday. Yeah. And Tatterday. <laughs> Perfect, man. Well, hey, you know, I mean, we're heading into the holiday season. Obviously, people gift a lot of wine. Mm-hmm. We gift olive oil. Um, you know, it's a little more unusual than just a yeah. bottle of wine. So I haven't even take thought about olive oil yet. Fuck junk. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to collapse right into that harvest, aren't we? I, I was talking to Arden <laughs> They're overlap. about olive oil, and, she, and I said that we use a sprayer. She goes, oh, God, no, don't do that. Wait, spray on your olives or spray no, olive oil spray onto your food? spray olive oil on, in in a pan, whatever, instead of pouring it. You, oh, I see. It, you, it, like, get your own, you, like, the ones that you, like, buy it. Yeah. Okay. Sign of the bear. And yeah. it's a nice You're one. spraying yeah. the olive oil. Yeah. I gotcha. And, and, she, and she said no. She freaked out. Why? Completely. Why? Uh, rancid olive oil because, in, yeah, the, the, in the sprayer. In the mechanism. And, oh, I see. So, there, it's super exposed to oxygen. And I, uh, I interviewed the McAvoy Ranch people, and they had a very strong opinions about olive oil. Yeah. And they couldn't, like, yeah, like, it should be fresh. Fresh. Use you, it. Buy more. And, and Small you can put bottles. it on your toast, and you can put it in your coffee, and <laughs> you can use it as a hair pomade. I mean, yeah, we, we, it was all over. The Maybe place. that's what I'm I down need. For some, I'm down for some olive oil bulletproof coffee. I yeah, think I, just, I guess that's I a think thing. at this point, I think anything you coffee should. is appealing <laughs> to me. Coffee, coffee. Coffee. Coffee with coffee. I got some nice Kona I could bring over, buddy. That's what you should I, do. I've been, uh, you know, I, um, I, I try and keep the coffee 
mixed up. I like I like our local coffee from uh, Tim uh, the oh, Yeehaw. Yeehaw, Yeehaw Coffee. Yeehaw coffee. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, I get down the uh, Groundworks has been is, has a regenerative organic mm. um, blend that I've been buying a lot. I, you know, I try and other than Tim's and I, I'm working on Tim on this. I, I try and make sure that the coffee that I purchase is at the very least organic. Um, okay. You know, especially if something that you're like leaching. You're pouring hot water on <laughs> and like extracting all the goodness from it. I don't want any badness mixed you in. You don't with want them. the heavy metals. Yeah, and totally. The, uh, it's the weird chemicals, the forever chemicals. Don't you know, need the that. Yeah. You're not a big fan of that, huh? Uh, you know, no tea fall. I, I, I try and avoid <laughs> it. It's not always possible, and I'm sure you know I'll make some poor decisions and later on. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a great point because yeah. just like you're talking about agricultural uh, yeah. practices, coffee being one of them, you totally. got you've got to respect the earth and grill it in a way that you're, you are drinking. You're putting this yeah. literally in your body. And, and, you know, it's like a dollar or two more a bag. Right. So right? where like, where are they worth growing? It, worth it. What, the oh, coffee? All, all over the places where coffee grows. I mean, yeah. you know. But it's I'm, not, I'm not necessarily tied to one region as far as my coffee consumption mm. goes. I'm hoping that Kauai coffee and Kona coffee is... There's organic coffee coming from, yeah. Ma- from Hawaii, yeah. for sure. Yeah, um, good. Yeah, there's organic coffee coming from all the... Uh, just yeah. about every coffee-growing region. It's just a, a matter of, you know, supporting the people who are paying well, as I for told the you somebody, yeah. If it's got a peel like a banana, it doesn't matter? That sounds like some well. Monsanto-sponsored bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> brought to you by... Dole. This episode brought to you by Barry Monsanto. Uh, if it has a peel, it doesn't matter. Uh, huh. That's but an I, interesting I still angle. buy, you know, I buy yeah, Fuji apples that are organic. They're, they're, they're playing, they're literally called systemic fungicides and pesticides. Because they are in the you, blood. You, you, you the spray soil. them pre-emerge, you know, before the, pl- you know, the plant starts growing and they get absorbed into the, nah, that's. It's a flocculent. That's, or whatever that's they call a, it. again. Systemic. Yeah, that, that's some bullshit. That <laughs> it's not even the peel. It doesn't. No, matter. no. Look. No, I mean, it do kills you want organic orange it, or non-organic. Look, orange? it kills bugs. It won't definitely affect me. Definitely Come on, will it, not. Only the bug. No neonectoids. <laughs> do you oh. guys eat from the farmers market at home? I go to the farmers market. This is funny. I go religiously. To the, I go to so many farmers markets. Um, <laughs> I go to the Friday one here. Yeah. In Sonoma, that's Friday morning to go to that one. Saturday I go to one in Santa Rosa. Uh, my son used to work at that one, and then Sunday Windsor, I go to that yeah, one. The Windsor, I, guys, where I live, and I, uh, I, I see so the same the, vendors. The San Rafael one's good on Sunday morning. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I love these markets. Yeah. Um, I buy like uh, Padron peppers because I love Padron peppers, and I'm horrible at uh, taking them off in time before they become super hot. Uh, and the shishito, so I have a guy. Do you I, promote that in your uh, I social do. media? Oh, and stuff? all the time. But, oh, uh, I mean, for social media, Sonoma Valley one, definitely. Uh-huh. Uh, on the other podcasts I do, the Sonoma Spiel, which is the second best podcast after this one, uh, I usually it, start it on Friday. Originates at KSVY. Uh, KSVY. Oh, support community radio. Um, <laughs> they, uh, yes, you do. Thank you. You definitely do. Um, yeah, so I, I do talk about it because I love going to Baker and Cook. And getting some of her, she calls them beignets or donut holes. Uh, those are so good. <laughs> I'm like, where are the donut holes? She goes, beignets. I'm like, donut holes, Jen. They're donut holes. Uh, I get those. Uh, I'll talk to the crepe lady. Uh, Tim's there with his coffee sometimes. And uh, different, you know, Mike the Baker. Mike the Baker. Baker. He's there. Yeah. So Mike has the consistently longest line. Well, And Paul's produce. Uh, yeah. Yes. So my, my track is. Uh, you go to Oak Hill Farm first. Yeah, and whatever. Cause talk to Jimmy the Pumpkin. You guy. talk to Jimmy the Pumpkin <laughs> guy and Melissa and Arden. The other, the other Arden. Yes, Arden. There are two. There are two Amazing. Ardens. Amazing. And they both like you know they're both 
they have opinions. They both have opinions. My mother and Arden Buckland. Um, Seriously. And then what you can't get from Oakville, you go and then wait in the, in yeah. the Paul's line. And then Patch, um, you know, they have a farm stand. If you don't make it to the right. farmer's market, right. you can just go up to the farm stand there on First Street East. I was, Street, I was there Street. last <laughs> week, and our meat guy, Victorian Farm Stands. Huh? So Gone. they are... Uh, Sadly, ended their farmers market. Yes. Business. Oh, they're still in business. They're still in business. Yeah, I get the deliver. I get the emails, and um, they're doing delivery, and and then still um, at the Sebastopol market. Have, like, have you order. been to that market? I, I love that's like oh, that's just a dangerous place. My, I can only go there on payday. You know? <laughs> my, uh, so that's one of the ones my son would work at, and he came back. He was this is during COVID. He picked up a job working making tacos and burritos for a guy there. And uh, he came back. Goes, Dad. Someone told me that 5G is going to activate inside of me. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, where were you? I'm like, it Sebastopol. I'm like, oh, that's fine. That's totally normal, son. That's it is definitely a strong slice of West County. God bless him. <laughs> because, like, I showed up and ordered a burrito, and he was wearing a butterfly costume. He's like, but Dad, it's April. It's not. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, that's Sebastopol. Yeah, that's cool, man. <laughs> Keep Sebastopol weird. <laughs> yeah. The drum right? circle breaks out at so, one o'clock. Okay. It's hilarious. God bless it. <laughs> Well, you know, you've been here for an hour. We really haven't oh. talked a whole hell of a lot about what you do. So. I thought I just do podcasts. Yeah, well, you do a podcast. So, Sonoma I, I, Spiel, um, where is that available? I think I'm going to go check into my office <laughs> and, then, and then head to the winery. See what's Done. happening? Yeah. but Where are you going? Uh, the fruit went to Magnolia today. Okay. Yeah. What yeah. are they making? We had, um, so this is the other thing is like, tank space is such a premium you have to be really careful and bring in exactly the right amount so we were out there weighing every bin so we have 3.45 tons of Grenache and one bin of Mavedra which is about 900 pounds so we're at like 4.85 or 3.85 tons so we can go into a 4 ton fermenter so so how many bottles is that going to make Look at uh, that. Per ton. Uh, <laughs> and you're, when you're seeing a bin, you're talking about macro bins? Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, you know, it actually sounds like I you know what the hell you're talking about. I think it's about 185 cases, John. How many? 3.85 times, what do I call it? 55. That's well, how many grapes? Uh, well, yeah. how, how many cases? grapes per ton? 200, 200, 200 cases. Maybe about 200 cases. Okay. Wow, that. really? Yeah. And one fermenter. Okay. That comes I down, mean, doesn't you, it? You, the goal is to, you know, if you bring in a lot, especially with the way that we make wine, you know, it's they're field blends, single vineyard mm-hmm. wines. Um, you don't want to be in more than one fermentation vessel. Oh. You want, and, and you know, there's like sort of ideal sizes of fermentations, especially in our range of like okay. small production. You know, I like having two tons of something more than one ton of something. You know, to have like enough critical mass for really good fermentation, but you know the vessel we're not going to fill up more than like a four or five ton, okay, fermenter. At if one there's time. a lot of airspace up top, is that bad? You want well, you know, you have to have airspace on top because as it ferments, this the, is an open top fermenter. The the skins okay. get the skins rise. Oh right, okay. And you know the, the cap comes up, and you want to so you do the punch. And, and then there's also like they'll get you know you see it every once in a while on some winemakers Instagram during this time of year that they'll have some fermentation tank that overflows because yes. it's bubbling it's you know f- creating co2 and then it and then, and then the, just the like explosion the, like happens over the yes over the top of the tank so you're trying to avoid that because <laughs> that sucks it's a, a it's you know dollars going down the drain but it's also a huge fucking did you mess, see right? that post about the italian winery that the tank broke and it released like 
millions of gallons into i mean it was an industrial winery so yeah and it just flooded the streets of this village it's crazy watching this go down the hill sounds like a big insurance pump and uh, then you're trying uh, to keep it out of the creek right they needed a new um tank they needed a new they 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 got probably Hey, they're not bad. And that's how you blame it on the intern. Great car. Oh, that intern. Oh, I can't man. believe the intern did all that. First day on the floor. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, I guess we know the essence of tourism in Sonoma. Yeah. No, it's uh, wine tourism is our yeah. probably our... I mean, it's funny. Actually, people don't come here to drink wine because you can do that at home. Right. And you should join the wine club of Winery 16600 when you get a chance. Of course. But Phil sent me. But people come here for the scenic beauty and to see the experience of the wine. Because you, you couldn't drink wine in Chicago. Yes. But what really people come here to see is, is to be around that experience yeah. and also the open spaces. I mean, and, you know, and this is what I talk about all the time. Um you know, we get to make wine, especially the way that we do it, but everybody here, you get to make wine from places that are really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, could you make the exact same tasting wine if you did the same things from a place that isn't necessarily as beautiful? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but connecting people f- to those places through those wines and having them here see the, you know, take a tour of a vineyard. Right. You know, do a tasting on top of the mountain and then go home and have that wine and be able to go back. Correct. Um, is, is why the wine tourism well, is, I, I, is I, I, so It's a thing is right? people love to see vineyards. Right. People love to see yeah, vineyards. Beautiful. And they are beautiful. Yeah. And they love that experience. And, and also they love to meet, like, the, the winemaker. You can yeah. walk into the table. Like, you're going to walk in there and there's people will. tasting wine yeah. and they're like, oh, look who's here. Right. right. And this year, time of year, I'm, extra, I'm not too dirty today because I got there late. But well, I'm, you know, why you're why dirty. Why don't you rub some dirt on your face you over there? Smell bad. <laughs> I got to meet a winemaker. He smells he like, like crap. <laughs> and, that, and, and when you're back there in Oak Park, Illinois, you're yeah, like, exactly. I, the Katuris made this. They got smelled really bad. But <laughs> it was like this Chardonnay. dirt and fermenting <laughs> grapes and spilled coffee and. And desperation and anger. Sweat and weed and... (laughs) Speaking of, how about the cannabis tours? Actually, uh, cannabis uh, cannabis is interesting. We, of course, have it in our visitor guide. Um, That's cool. We have... One of the issues we have with cannabis... I'm going to leave, John, but now you brought me back in. One of the the problems slash opportunities is, is laws have not quite caught on with society, maybe is a way to put it. So we do promote cannabis nice promotion as, yeah and, and we've been trying this is the I hardest see. part is trying to get uh, a harvest report we've done our third now of the cannabis harvest and then uh, a local PR guy Michael Coates will be releasing that information tomorrow but I've been trying to get the farmers to give me a, an update so we can do right. just like the grape growers I mean as you know every grape grower tells you that either yield is up and quality is up or yield is down and quality is up every year but <laughs> we just keep getting better <laughs> But by the way, yield is up, quality is sky high. <laughs> Took it to Funny that level. I already had that press release written. Thank you. No, so uh, with the cannabis, I'm trying to do the same thing, right? Well, but Mike Pensiger people... was in the paper the other day about yeah. late harvest means better buds. It, so, but the biggest issue is you currently can't do right now. Anyone from this winery, any customer, you could take them to a vineyard, show them around, taste some wine there, and that'd be great. But with cannabis, you can't do that. And so there is, it is a little bit more difficult to explain. I thought there were actual tours, though. There are tours. You cannot taste anything. You can't buy from that farm. Right. So, so if there was, you mm-hmm. know, John's, John's Cannabis Farm, 
I can't go there and take a tour. You're like, hey, this is how I grow it. It's sun and blah, 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 blah. And then you can say, hey, you can try this. It was grown right here and you can buy it. You 100% cannot join my club. I can ship it to you and to Oak Park, Illinois. Cannot do any of that. You've got to go to Spark and buy. So now it's gone through a distribution system, taxed every single way. Um, And you, you don't have the same experience where, as we were discussing earlier, like the permaculture or the organic aspect of grape growing, you can't really show that with cannabis yet because the federal government and the state government right. and the county government. So and I'll wisdom. also argue, though, okay. that the way that cannabis is currently marketed and consumed isn't ready for that either. That is a great point. Because, you know, I, I long for the days where the future where we talk about cannabis in the way that we talk about Chardonnay. Right, I got the from, Chardonnay right here. 2017 Chardonnay. From Moon Mountain District. Moon Ma- in fact, you turn it around and it says what vineyard it's from. I've got a whole story in here. A- and um, right. the industry and the marketplace and the laws aren't ready for this is this product is a strain grown this year under these conditions right. at this person's ranch. Right. Because it's been so much like, you know, it's still it's, like, it's still like in the closet prohibition you know where and those and there's still this value in the market on grown in a warehouse in santa rosa with a bunch of it drives me crazy i see that and and that does drive me i'm glad i want to start a campaign uh t-shirts and bumper stickers that says legal weed sucks (laughs) (laughs) because because that way of growing things we knew this when when it was being voted on i'm sorry we're going into the weeds here Uh um we knew the big players and the factory farmers were going to be the biggest movers. Right. So what had to happen was, and it's going to have to happen, is the smaller growers and the smaller producers mm-hmm. are going to have to get very creative with the marketing and the, the concepts of terroir or a family grown or organic. And just like, just like coffee. Right. Remember, coffee for a long time was just coffee. It was Folgers and Uban. And, and maybe yeah. it was pretty bad to the people that grew it. Right. right, factory farms and the, the labor wasn't treated well. The earth wasn't treated well. Starbucks Juan came Valdez. Out. <laughs> Amir corporate spokesperson yeah. from Madison Avenue. And Jemima. So, right, none of these are real people. So what, what cannabis has to do is say, like, I'm a small farmly grower. This is what we're doing. It's about quality. I respect my labor. I respect the streams. I'm not over-fertilizing stuff. Right. Uh, but so much of it, you're right, over by the airport in, in Santa yeah. Rosa, it's this big warehouse. Well, and, and, you know, the world needs to stop buying their – the value-added products, the edibles, the tinctures, the whatever, that's fine. But if you're buying a flower to consume in a joint or a mm-hmm. bowl, however, you know, vape, whatever, um, stop buying it because the percentage of THC is so much, is better than this one and it looks prettier right. and the, you know, high-time centerfold. Um, buy it because of where it was grown and, the qu- and how it was Back grown. to terroir. It's, right. it's like the difference of, you know, monster energy drink and, and wine. Yeah. I mean, one is like just a chemical you're putting out there. Right. Well, what is the uh, um, ratio now legal to black market, quote unquote? Oh, of, of consumer I'm, purchasing? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I no still idea. think like legal is like 10% of the consumption here. It, I think part of, I, I don't know, isn't the nature of a black market, it's hard to... Yeah, yeah, it know is. What's going on there? Yeah. The gray market. But Sarah Pan has addressed this on her podcast, yeah. Planted, on yeah. Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Folks, you can <laughs> Sarah hear that. Pan, or yeah, good friend. Yeah, Jeff Pearson's but, um, wife. You have a good point there because grapes are very transparent. Right, and, and you super, can find I mean, out every, where they're going. Everything that I do and every grape that we bring in is tracked. 
Right. Um, and they try to do that with cannabis, but it's also way harder. But then there's like sketchy vape cartridges out there that oh, people God. are buying, and you don't know where those come from, right? So that well, and that's like so. Where does Mike Benziger sell La Bamba? I mean, I, he sells it to Spark. Right? Okay. Else, I I think so so can you go in and say, "I want La oh, Bamba yeah. strain," and, that's, but that's and they've a, got it? You know, that's a because their stuff outlier. is kind of, the Spark premium, stuff yeah. is kind of ditchy. Cost. I mean, it's lower THC, and you know, but no, that's look, what they push. Again, legal weed sucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Your Spark is a true connoisseur. <laughs> it's it's um, the the way that the market is and and the laws drive the production of most of the weed that you can get in a dispensary. Um, it can't be the best product it just like it just best as far as like quality as far as quality the the way to get you know how difficult it is to get a permit what the permits entail right especially and and the cost of a permit uh and the cost of the production you have to and it has to be you know light depth at the very least you know you have to do things to push production to make money as it rewards mass market big pocketed 100 percent businesses walmart so you can't you can't be like a, like a winery, even though there's a lot of regulations. Right. You could be a smaller player and try to start your own winery, and I, maybe there's less regulation. I wonder and, and when you just, can go buy the, a pound the, at Costco. The barrier to entry right. is, is, I mean, it's still high, but right. it's, you know. For legal. For le- for to be legal. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it's changed a little bit, and it's slowly coming around, but, you know, to put in an acre of, of outdoor cannabis, right. it's just like, it's insane. And you see these places pop up. Uh, and then they fail because right. I, I haven't so. smelled it this fall. Well, it's, that's been out there a little bit. Maybe a little bit that's on Highway point. 12. I haven't. No. It hasn't been quite as strong. Yeah, hasn't been hot. What? Maybe I don't know. Maybe the yeah. breeze. I don't know. That's so, what point. can a, a single person grow? Five, six. I think six. Six plants. Yeah. Huh? Per person. So per yeah. person per household. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, yeah. I've grown so get two. Some, get some roommates. <laughs> Twenty roommates. <laughs> Prop it up. <laughs> two plants produce so much that. I'll well, that's the other issue. Is that my my understanding my is that there's a kind of a glut in that market. Right. And both, now it's both so, legal and illegal. Yeah. Literally in my street, not my street, around the corner from me, there's a guy, uh, Raider Mike, we'll call him that because that's his name. And he loves the Raiders. And uh, someone said, hey, Raider Mike's growing weed in his front yard. I'm like, that's BS. So I walk over there. There's like three plants in, in his front yard. front yard where you plant tomatoes. Because nobody cares anymore. And nobody stole them. Right. He harvested them. That just shows how much they're worth. I used to hear people would plant. They'd take 30% from themselves, 30% for the cops, and 30% to be stolen. <laughs> oh, there you go. That was their plan. <laughs> wait a minute. There's still 10%. 10% for personal consumption. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait a, wait a minute. Oh, Roll I, I another get one. Get out of here before I get arrested. <laughs> Good to see you. <laughs> this is great. Take it. George. All right, Sam. There you go. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Much yeah. appreciated. Happy harvest. <laughs> yeah, how's, and how's happy the, new year. How's the, the cannabis way. harvest looking this year? from the rain than yeah all right things. A little detritus, go mike uh benziger i'm sure you know he doesn't have grapes to worry about anymore so i'm sure that he was on top of it he can, he can yeah, s- spend all his time on that yeah so. so see ya all right well tourism is fun in sonoma it is slow noma slow noma sonoma aroma but that's this is the essence it's all it is the community it is the grapes it is what everybody does together yeah and and it's a Phil Katori once told me, I, you know, being I was born in Iowa, mm. and we were talking about dead soil and what they grew in Iowa. I mean, mm-hmm. it's corn and soybeans, man. Mm-hmm. That's it. 
And he said, well, we're lucky. We grow intoxicants here. <laughs> and, and you know, there's a, the, uh, obviously a good basis for that because right. that's essentially what it is. And yeah. People are enjoying it. They come out here. You know, we have people who come out and do tours based on the restaurants we talk about. Right, right. The vineyards we talk about. The right. hotels we the like. spas. The wellness experiences. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's been amazing. Joni and I have been coming out here since 1987. Oh, okay. It was our first time here. And, you know, and then we started going over to, like, Calistoga for mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. ash baths, volcanic mm-hmm. ash baths. And Throw some mud like on that. you. Yeah, yeah. I can't, I will never do a mud bath ever, ever, ever again in my entire Why, life. Why, to slough your skin off? Or what happened there? Just feel weird? It's just, just like, please. <laughs> Seriously, get me out of this tub filled with mud. It's Gross. It is. Kind of, <laughs> sorry. It's a thing, right? I, it, and it is, you know. Yeah. And I can remember the very first Sonoma winery we went to because we always bypassed Sonoma, went mm. to Napa. Okay. And we went to Larson's. Yeah. And it Which was really Sonoma close. Creek at that time. And all they had was a couple of wine barrels in the barn mm-hmm. with a board across them, and they yeah. would pour wine for us. Two barrels and a plank, man. Very that's cool. all you need. Yeah. That's all you need. But that's kind of where we started. And then, you know, learning, moving into Sonoma, mm-hmm. what, a dozen years ago, of course, and then being on the radio here. Right. It's, it, well, you're kind of a big deal. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. <clears throat> the point is, I, I met Sam and right. Bart and right. Brian. I would go to uh, The Girl in the Fig, after I'd get off a radio show, and I'd sit at the end of the bar, right. and people would come in to sell Brian wines. Mm. He would introduce me. That's the way I met Mark Pope, who did the Bounty so, so Hunter. So you were just a guy. You weren't Ill in the wine business. You I were just not. a guy there at the, I was the a, bar. I was an advertising marketing guy who retired and moved to Sonoma. That's the secret. Be a bar I, fly, and I you're going to taste a bunch of samples. Well, but then I got him on the radio show yeah. in the vine country at okay. the station yeah. when I was doing that. That's what grew into this podcast five years ago. Interesting. Yeah. That's a smart idea. Well, the guy who handled my IT and computers and stuff like that at the ad agencies, because we had New York and we had Chicago, and a lot of computers to work on, new software, you know, it was just the late 90s through 2000s. Um, It was very important. And, but he... He started doing this podcast network, and, and he kept badgering me and badgering me. I think I could probably count on two hands the listeners we had on terrestrial radio <laughs> 15 years ago. Right, right. But now we've got over 400,000 listeners in 30 countries. The distribution it's distribution Yeah, it's, it's that digital revolution. It's changed. The, the yeah. long tail of, of content out there. Oh, absolutely. It, it is crazy. Well, so Sonoma Spiel, where can people oh, right. hear that? So Sonoma Spiel, S-P-I-E-L, which is kind of a weird word. It's, it's a okay. Yiddish or German word to, to speak like or to chat. Yeah. Uh, we, we record every Friday at KSVY. You can find it on all your major podcast platforms. Also on YouTube. Because, oh, uh, cool. I mean, this might shock people who are listening. I'm actually a really good-looking guy. And uh, I think I deserve I, to be I seen. I totally I agree. Mean, how lucky it is for you to see me And right my now. wife's in love yeah. with you. So, <laughs> it's like, so we do Tim we, we put it on YouTube. Um, and what I love is not only do we interview people, kind of like what you do here, but our topic is anything Sonoma Valley. So it could be wine. Uh, it could be someone who's uh, an artist. It could be a writer. Um, I'm trying to get Ada Limon, the U.S. Poet Laureate. Yeah, we oh, had her on about a couple months ago. I knew it. Couple you months guys ago. grabbed her before I did that same day. She's like, I'm doing another podcast. 
Is that it? <laughs> she has a bench in front of Reader's Books. Yeah, we right? Going yeah. Cool. the mayor. Um, but yeah, we also, a fun thing we do. Go is, back and find that on our archives. I, maybe I'll just play it. I'm just going to rip it and rip it. Uh, Fine. Like, and I'll just Fine. dub in my own questions. That's great. Oh, genius. <laughs> you idea. can do I'm that. Saving myself so much time. Uh, we do a thing called We Get Questions where we answer people's questions that I get at the visitor center. Yeah. And that's really fun because. Uh, oftentimes for locals, they don't understand the kind of questions we get. Like someone asking, uh, speaking of redwoods, when do they lose their leaves? Now. Well, <laughs> well, no, right we, on my back Well, deck. they do, but they don't actually lose them forever. They push like, them Like they just shed them. Yeah, yeah they shed them. And they're always the old ones. And the whole discussion about are they sequoias or not? Like yes and no and blah, blah, blah. Um, so it's a fun part. I, I love doing the podcast. How, how did you get into this? Doing podcasts? No, not, not oh, just a podcast, the tourism business. Oh, tourism. What's your background? Oh, Okay, so uh, I think I mentioned earlier I majored in English and yeah. philosophy, so therefore unemployable. Um, at, at Marquette. At Marquette. Beautiful yeah. spot, too. Yeah. Go Warriors. It's a good spot. Milwaukee's a good town. It's a, yeah. it's a fun town. Absolutely. Um, so I tr- I did, uh, boy, nonprofit fund development, communications, worked for Think Tank, was a news writer for a weekly newspaper, freelance writer, everything. Bartender, did a lot of bartending, laid tile, carpet, uh, construction demolition. Man about town. Man about town. I ran a swimming pool at a country club. Uh, so I got into tourism specifically after my wife and I, we were living overseas. We lived in Haiti for a year, and we did wow. work down there. Um, we came back. She was pregnant, and I needed a job, and I was living in Oakland at my grandfather's house, um, and I applied for a job at San Francisco Travel, San Francisco Convention and Visitors Bureau at the time. And they eventually hired me because um, I had done some travel writing before. Smart move on their part. I think so. Uh, I did their PR. So I was doing public relations for San Francisco. That is a great place. I guess so. It was a good job. Yeah. Actually, that was back when Nancy Pelosi first got elected. So everyone was mad. I had to answer all the angry letters about San Francisco values. <laughs> so Well, and, and the city has been going through some bad PR. But it look, it's one section of town. Well, you know what? And, and yeah. you get out into the city the neighborhoods are great. My sister's raising three kids town. there. San Francisco. First of all, people love to hate on San Francisco Absolutely. to a certain degree, but people also love to love San Francisco. So people love to have opinions about San Francisco. Well, go back on its history. It's always been body, drunken right. sailor. It's very transitory. Coast. Um, the military rough, was there for rough, a long yeah, time, yeah. Uh, but it's also a history of boom and bust. And that is the story of you know San Francisco has always been boom and bust. It's not like it has one stable industry. You know, like tech boom, right? Insurance, they left. You know, banking was there. Gold was there. The military was a huge employer from like 1940. Look at the Presidio, one of the most beautiful spots on this earth. <laughs> Seriously. I know. Can you imagine being stationed there? You're like I'd some little it. private and you're like, love here's it. my view of the Golden Gate Bridge yep. and yep. the East Bay Hills yep. and whatever. Spectacular. Um, yeah, so I mean, San Francisco is a wonderful place to visit. Uh, if people are listening, I would encourage them to come visit because most people land in San Francisco or Oakland and see the city and then come up. You can do a whole town and country experience. I'm going to give you a tip. Ready? Here's a tip. Uh, San Francisco is traditionally cheaper in the hotels on the weekends and we are cheaper on weekdays because San Francisco, a lot of the hotels around Moscone are for conventions. Right. So Moscone Center, the the convention center. Have been there, done that. Go there on a Friday, spend your weekend in San Francisco, then spend five days in Sonoma. Monday through stay, Friday. At, stay at my favorite place, the Fairmont on Snob Hill. Oh, right. Good Love spot. Love that spot. Good spot. Man, Go to the we, used, room. we used to, <laughs> well, I used to travel here so often right. for business and did a lot of uh, 
speaking, mm-hmm. and we always rented two sixty two. This double the Harrison Ford suite. Okay, this is like in the, <laughs> the Harrison this Ford is suite. Maybe nineteen ninety whatever. But I mean, the parties we used to throw. Good times. Because did you have someone else's credit card in your pocket? You had the old well, expense my account. Ad, my ad agency. Ah, see, see my, that's right, little madman. I, I had okay. cl- I had clients. So Don Draper's up there at the Fairmont. You know, okay. we'd call down and order. You know, twenty shrimp cocktails. That's right. Twenty bottles of booze. I'm throwing and some lobster while you're down. Go there. over to Hay Ashbury and you know entertain. Good times. I've got photos of friends drinking beers and smoking joints on the parapet outside our second floor room at the Fairmont. Are you the Harrison Ford suite? Yeah, it's you should talk to uh, Michelle, the PR person, to get the stories. Oh God, that was a you know a different era in my life. But Knott Hill's a fan. Let's just talk about that. It's I a beautiful it. place. The the Mark Hopkins is across the street there. Yeah. You have this view. You go up the top there. Um, Spectacular. It's, it's it is literally the yeah. top of San Francisco. Yeah, and the cable car goes up there. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, it's no, a tough it's, hike it's, up that hill. Well, it, it really makes your glutes work. Yep. It's, that's why everyone's a fairly but fit. It, you you yeah. go down the right so you pull out of the Fairmont, walk to the right and mm-hmm. turn right again and you're right in Chinatown. That's right. Beautiful. Yeah. And you go the other way and there's French restaurants on Pine that we always love. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it was... It they was always say San Francisco, you can't get a bad meal in that town because the bad restaurants don't make it. Right? So so right. San Francisco is a... Def- Before there were foodies, San Francisco was a destination. Yeah, we've always had fun down there. I mean, we went to a play... Um, Les Mis the other day at the Orpheum. Okay. Oh, yeah. And found this little hole in the wall in an alley of oh, yeah. a of a Italian restaurant that was so good. Best pizza and pasta oh, yeah? I've ever, ever had. Do you know it's Italian it's food. The wall. No, it's, it's it's hard to find there used to be a lot more Italian food, a lot more Chinese food in America. And then those were like the de facto ethnic quote unquote mm-hmm. restaurants in a town. Junking. <laughs> yeah. But Bo- now <laughs> there's not when you find a really good Italian restaurant, it is amazing because you go like, "This is what fresh, delicious pasta yeah. tastes like," and yeah. the sauces are fantastic, and everything's perfect. So, my go-to around here is uh, a cafe Chiti. Oh yeah, I yeah, mean yeah. that's we had our uh, 22 years ago this week. Actually, we had our wedding party oh, you did? there. 22 years ago this week. Yeah. 23 years ago this week. Congratulations. Look at that, you too. We ran, a, we ran away. Joan's uh, sister was a meeting planner in oh. New York City. Okay. So we, she always had these grandiose ideas. Mm. So we basically ran away. Away from a, her sister. A client friend <laughs> who worked for Playboy. Okay. And Joan's sister and her partner from Portland. The four of us went oh. over, and, and Joan and I went over to the back of Gunlock Bunchu. Okay. We had the a minister uh, from... Presbyterian Church, okay. one of the only guys who would actually do it, <laughs> right. made up our vows oh, on good. the spot. Yeah, I promise to. You're looking around. <laughs> yeah. Well, I promised to get Joan coffee in bed every morning. Oh, that's nice of you. Um, that I, was back I, before I, I did sun, Sunday, but um, oh, what a good guy. Not not this week so far. Well, so there's still time. I've been up later than you. There's still time. <laughs> yeah, there is. So you got married at Gunbun. Yeah. We get a lot of people coming here for weddings and retreats and elopements and stuff like that. And it's very popular. Luca has the best rotisserie chickens 
I've ever had. And he <laughs> Wait, makes the better best than Costco or was, lasagna. And it is good. My God, the, his polenta. One with, of the first meals I had on top. when I moved up here. Yeah. Someone took me to Cafe Chidi. I'm like, That's this great. is amazing. And you know, he had to move from Kenwood. Right. He moved a little further to extreme northern Sonoma Valley. Yeah. Well, Santa Rosa. Yeah. Just as you get in, Farmers Lane turns yeah. into Fourth Street. Right there. Flamingo Hotel on your right, and Cafe Chidi on your left. And Matt Flamingo. I can give a pitch to them. Enormous swimming pool. Great cocktails. Uh, they, they've put a little bit of money in an amazing refurbishment, so it's a great renovation up there. If you haven't well, up there, it's, it's really nice. I've, it had kind of fallen on hard times, but, you know, any place that's pink and has a flamingo on top... <laughs> you got to go I in. I passed it on my way to work, and I love it. I just, like, giggle. Cause every this, time. this used to be the outside of town, yeah. right? And it was a resort, and the Raiders would hang out there. And, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. That was that was one a huge pool. And the Raiders also used to go to the Los Robles Lodge when they would play up here. Huh. So uh, for readers who don't, or listeners who don't know, there used to be a team called the Raiders that used to like a town called Oakland, but they're owned by a jerk, and they left. Can now Vegas that? and not doing well yeah, with Jimmy G. Let that be a oh, lesson to They are sucking. That's right. Well, are we talking about Las Vegas or the Raiders? I'm but. talking about <laughs> the Raiders. <laughs> right. So anyway, they would come up to Oakland and uh, do, I don't know, come up to Sonoma County and do their summer camps up here. Oh, okay. Pre-training camps. Then Napa after a while. Uh, but they would hang out at the Flamingo, at the pool, have a good time. So I'm sure. Probably like you at the Harrison Ford Suite. Absolutely. Except <laughs> a few more mistakes. Ah, yes. Everybody's got one of those in their background. So. Hey, I do have a question from a listener. Sure. The front of our, or one of the fronts of our city hall, right. has a whole bunch of flags out there that yes. represent the different ownership of Sonoma, Correct. Yeah, I mean, ownership, you could say, but the, the different countries that have laid claim right. to this land. So you've got Spain. Correct. Mexico. Mm-hmm. The Bear Flag. Uh, you, you actually have two Mexicos. Okay. You have the first Mexican first, Republic. First, and then after the Bear Flag? <laughs> uh, no, no. You know, so just you two, had, uh, two Mexicos before. Actually, yeah, it goes like this. This is kind of funny. So Spain's okay. there, but also supposedly English because uh, Drake's Bay. Is this he claimed this land? Okay, right. Uh, you should probably state that actually in the beginning, and still, Pomo, Patwin, Miwok, Native American, Indigenous tribes okay. were here and are still here with no flag, no flag that, right. we, that we know of. Although I'm yeah. sure there's probably now some some sort of symbol. But yeah, so the Spanish Empire was mm-hmm. here back when they were sending and, out galleons, and we were the furthest most outpost. We were of Mexico, correct? The ass end of the empire. <laughs> we were. I prefer further northern. <laughs> we were the end of the road of the El Camino Real. El Camino Real. So Spain, you still see those bells hanging correct. on Highway 37. So, so Spain kind of controlled a huge swath of the New World, mm-hmm. and uh, the very, very tippy top of it was us here in Alta California, and they had missions. Twenty-one of them started in, in modern-day California. 21 missions, starting in San Diego, work all the way up. Sonoma was the end of the mission road. And you can see what's called the King's Highway, El Camino Real. Mm-hmm. These bells that the state has put up to show the pathway that the Franciscans Good old Highway took. 37. That's right. Sometimes you can sit for hours and look Just, at those bells. Yeah, and, and a horse can get right <laughs> past you much faster. And each mission was built about as far as a man could walk or a mule could walk, about 30 miles per day from each other. Um, but there was also... Not just the Spaniards, but wait, the Russians. Yes, that's... They were at Fort Ross. They came down absolutely. from Alaska. And the Russian River. And the Russian Water River was, there. Yeah. It was absolutely there. So we had the Russian flag, the English flag, the two Span- uh, Spanish flag, two Mexican flags. Uh, the Bear Flag Revolt. Sire, the peasants are revolting, right? So we had a revolt here where the Californios or some different Anglo speakers slash Spanish speakers slash Mexican speakers or Mexicans 
wanted independence from Mexico because they were being controlled by Mexico City or Monterrey. Way away. Very far away. They said, forget that. They weren't allowed to trade with the settlers, for example, at Fort Ross um, or even with the, the indigenous people. So they, they revolted. But also there's a little bit of, you know, perhaps jingoism and manifest destiny in that too, in that portion of American history. So we declared ourselves an independent republic and we were our own state, take that Texas, our own nation for 21 days, proudly, the California Republic. We have a bear flag and the bear is on that flag and the star. Uh, and then we joined the United States and uh, we've been part of the United States ever since. So those flags are all up there on City Hall and they showcase how many different powers have had dominion over this land I guess. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty amazing seriously it is it is and i think uh you can see the original bear flag uh you can't actually see it. that one burned after the 1906 earthquake in san francisco but a, a genuine authentic replica in the barracks of uh the just north of the plaza yeah sonoma the barracks the sonoma yeah. barracks yeah and the hooker house and all you know it, there's it a whole back. bunch of there's, yeah. there's the toscano hotel there there's the actual blue mission wing. the blue wing in which will hopefully eventually get refurbished yeah. yeah i'm surprised um, they haven't i mean all we need is a couple million dollars is that it so whoever's listening <laughs> there you go hey roger randall <laughs> yes. write a check send it send um, it, baby yeah no so there's a bunch of historic send one to the there. radio station too please please do ksy um no there's always there's a lot of history here and a lot of things to do here but those flags do show that the different history that was here in this area well and so you talk about being a one-trick pony mm-hmm. no we're not right. we've got wine we've got cannabis we've got all of this history. history, which is history. amazing. I love the story about going, you know, the bear flag uh, revolt guys going to Vallejo and son, sort of saying, we have two choices, right? We can imprison you or you can be governor of our new territory. Well, that's kind of a hard choice. I'll be governor. Think, I'll be governor. I think so. And at Three Sticks Winery, mm-hmm. um, that's the, the villa of one of the brothers. It's the historic And then, of course, General's daughter, Mm -hmm. um, where we used to go Mm -hmm. when it was functioning. It would be nice if we saw that again, wouldn't it? And then, of course, uh, the actual Sunflower Cafe. Yeah, that that was uh, Salvador Vallejo's house. So the um, uh, Vallejo, Mariano Vallejo, uh, was an early... I can't remember if he was born under Spain, then became Mexico, then became California, then became America. Like he, he like, I don't know if it's just Spanish, but he, he was a, a character that kind of bridged all these different parts of Sonoma and California history. And he had a lot of historic buildings, including his old house. Yeah. Uh, it's very cool. It's, it's, he, which came around the horn. And with beautiful um, little areas and backyards. I mean, the little the, patios. The, the one, yeah. in the patio behind Three Sticks. Yeah, Three Sticks is a historic adobe. Adobe, as you know, is uh, the classic thing of getting a bunch of mud and hay and smashing it together and making a wall. So. Perfect. I like that. <laughs> I could probably but do that. It was at perfect home, for man. this area because it kept them cool, yeah. you know, in the summer. It was, it was really nice. Joan and I once made a pact. Should anything seriously happen mm-hmm. we somehow got separate whatever right we would meet back at the sunflower cafe at four o'clock for coffee that really was our that's rescue. the plan that was our rescue plan really seriously all right meet back there in sonoma well we figured sonoma is probably going to be one of the last places affected by anything that's so you're saying if nasty. the zombie apocalypse breaks out sure whatever. four o'clock at the sunflower cafe <laughs> bring <laughs> your machete <laughs> whatever you had to fight your way through the hordes <laughs> I don't see zombie 
Sonoma is really attractive to the tourists. They already slow down, they won't. There's no reason. Well, that's very cool. And, you know, and Tim, you know, thank you so much for being on the show. It's of really course. appreciated. It, it, we did a lot more, a lot deeper than just wine events or what's yeah. coming up, et cetera. But, you know, the one thing I, w- I do want to talk about is your reach on social media and how do people get in touch with you and yeah. what, what are you doing on that? Well, of course, in the easiest way to find us, SonomaValley.com, our main website. All the information's there. Uh, we're also on Facebook and Instagram. So what was the one I got this morning from Sonoma County? Uh, I think so for Sonoma County. So that, that's a good thing to explain. There's a town called Sonoma, a valley, Sonoma Valley, mm-hmm. and then a county called. And I don't know, I didn't have a chance to see there, but there's also Sonoma County, which is the entire region. We were talking earlier about places like Jenner and the Russian River. And, One of my favorite uh, little places to go, Jenner. Yeah, so that's in the county. The county is quite large. It's a million acres. So it's, it's a big area to drive from Sonoma all the way up to, say, uh, Gualala. You know, because we're looking at we're doing a diagonal across I've, the county. I, yeah, I've that's never like two been and a half hours. Far. Yeah, it's the end of the world. There's dragons out there. This was the post this morning. Oh yeah, it's, so it's from Sonoma it, County. In, yeah, so. Insider tip. Oh look at that insider tip. May, fall may be the best time to visit Sonoma County. It, well, you know what? Uh, Why, I don't want to. Whose tagline? Life opens. That's the up. county of Sonoma. Okay. That's Sonoma County. And what's yeah, Sonoma? Yeah. We do experience Sonoma Valley. So. Similar thing. I still have my uh, license plate holder. It says, <laughs> our roots run deep. Yeah. Or it's we, the roots run deep. Sonoma, Sonoma Valley wine. wine. Yeah. yeah. The. We have a Every license plate. Every time I see it, it should be our we, roots run deep. We have um, the copyright license plate uh, holders in our visitor center. That are free. Can. Yeah. Well, yeah. we sell them, but I've got oh. so many of them. People okay. walk in, I'm like, go ahead. <laughs> That I didn't know. It's I think like free I just, marketing. I, you just, think about I, it. I just thought I took um, it. So. This is real quick. We're also on TikTok. Um, we're on all the socials, and you can sign up for emails. You get a special and offers. And you do and deals. those? Do you have people over there? Or do I experts? have people? No, I mean, yeah, we have people that we work with. Mm-hmm. Everyone here is in town. We have locals that Excellent. are writing everything. Um, we have blogs. You know, we're, we're doing right now on holidays. So people listening to this, you know, this is October now, but November, December is our holidays. Yeah, this will be out this week. Okay. Yeah. And then we are rolling out our winter wellness, 100 days of Sonoma winter wellness starting January 1st. And winter wellness. Winter wellness. Taking so, care of yourself over the... Yeah, I think it's important. You know, people, uh, we were talking earlier, Thanksgiving and holidays. It's actually a stressful time. And uh, what's nice about Q1, if to be businessy, but January, February, March, and a bit of April, is it's time to focus on yourself and relax and get out and hike and, you know, really concentrate on your mental health and, like, your physical health. So we're going to be promoting that for Excellent. January, February, March. Man, I'm really happy to hear people talking about mental health because, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's such a stigma, you know. The yeah. Pe- in the 50s, it was... Somebody in a rubber room right. or a straitjacket or right. a sanitarium or something or like that. Or just take this pill and you're fine and then don't talk about it. And that and, that, and then it worked into that. Of right. course, there's Mother's the Little Helper. helper and what all, a you drag know. it is getting old. Yeah, yeah. talk to me about that. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm the old man on the podcast, you know, so it's 72. You are the wise so, yeah. sage. Uh-huh. But, you know, I mean, I'm glad people are talking about it well, because it's so important and nobody ever covers it. No, it's, I think we're doing it more and more. Uh, definitely younger generations have gotten rid of the stigma of it. I think going through COVID where people realized that was a very hard time for a lot of people. Um, for us, from a travel perspective, you can say, well, travel could be a part of mental What health. happened to tourism during those three years? Uh, <laughs> How bad was it? <laughs> it was not actually? good. It was not good. Yeah. It was very bad. Those were bad times. Um, I've... 
I, I should say I've been lucky enough to survive or been unfortunate enough to go through everything from, you know, earthquakes, fires, smoke, fires, COVID. Well, if you remember the downturns. SWOT analysis that yes. people used to do? Yes. There's Who, a lot whoever of, really thought that a, lot of teas. A, a threat would be worldwide pandemic? Well, actually, no, it's funny you mentioned Nuclear that. war. No, oh, SARS. Shit. I mean, if you're in to go deep into travel, when you looked at SARS, you remember that one? Yeah. Um, that was an early scare for travel and what that means and all the different, like, you know, swine flus and stuff like that. Those really do affect travel deeply. And, you know, wine you can buy at the store and ship it. But travel, people have to come here and consume the product. Mm -hmm. I have to convince people to come here. Please come here. Um, so, <laughs> How many people come here a year? All of them. I, <laughs> I hate that question because I never... I'm sorry. Because people, I'll give you an answer. I, I don't like Lots. giving you made-up answers. Lots. And every, I'm going I'm to be very clear. Anyone telling you that they know exactly how many people come to an area as big as ours is lying. They, they do not know how a definite. We can sample. We can guess. They're all wags. What's They're your guess? They're all wild-ass guesses. Supposedly, over 9 million people come to the county every year. For the valley, which is very hard to quantify because people go to the valley and they go to other places. It's, I don't know, what, 5 million? What do you okay. want to say? 6 million? Yeah, whatever. What number do you want? I don't care. You know the it's whole all good. Yeah, that's... Yeah. that's uh, <laughs> Well, it's interesting. You're right. You have no. literally no way of telling. No. They don't have to register they, when they right. come I mean, you can, So we can look at, you can kind of extrapolate based upon hotel occupancy data and then what percentage we think of total travelers are staying in hotels. Mm -hmm. Or you could also look at traffic data. Yeah, now BRB, VRBOs kind of thing. There is a rather yeah. more opaque method because some people have vacation rentals that are off the books, so mm -hmm. we don't really know. So, yeah, you can do some modeling and try to figure it out. We always stayed at Sonoma Mission Inn. Good. Way back. I mean, you're talking 87. That's Fantastic spot. Yeah. Geothermal Springs. We loved uh, it's it. been there for a long time. Yeah. Every it's Sunday morning, I'd, I'd wake up early, go down, get coffee in the New York Times. Would you bring it to your wife? Because you, you, you said you're going to bring her coffee. Yeah. You didn't say you're going to make the coffee. I love that. You're like, <laughs> I ran to the Fairmont and bought coffee. <laughs> Look how romantic I am. Hey. I, I ordered room service. Aren't I amazing? <laughs> I have been more. John, um, is not a normal listener to the podcast. Okay. <clears throat> but I have been working the last couple of weeks on some anniversary presents okay. that I can make because I'm a photographer okay. and I can print at home and do all this. Okay. I have taken, uh, I've got made four big posters. Wait, 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 wait. One, Did you make boudoir photos of yourself? Do no, not give no, this to your wife. No, I would no, like no, to quickly no, interject. No. no. Okay. <laughs> Let me I am let not, me help your marriage. I'm, I'm not Anthony Weiner of New York City. Okay. But the point is, you know, I took all these photos of us right. when we got married. I oh, gotcha. When we first met, what we've done, where we've traveled, mm. one of just the, all the dogs That's we've great. had, one of of specifically Europe, one mm. of you know, and it's just been really fun to look back on these tens and tens of thousands of photos that I have right. and that I've scanned over the years and collected mm -hmm. and actually you know you can't see them when they're on your computer or on your phone, or, on your phone. yeah right. and so I always print things I print things for friends they go they go on vacation they post things I steal them when they come back I hand them That's a nice photo yeah I love it it's, it's, you're like those, those early guys that would take photos of the, of the roller coaster people and they come out and get printed out for them yeah, but they charge. For that. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you know, um, a really good friend, Jeremy Zimmerman, uh, chef at uh, Girl in the Fig, oh, yeah. which is our favorite restaurant, Great restaurant. certainly mine. Right. <clears throat> and he just had a baby girl. Oh. And so uh, 
I took I printed these beautiful shots for him. Oh, and, great. And, okay. you know, now they're hanging up. Uh, Brian, uh, when I was in London and we were over at Abbey Road, his daughter's name is Abbey. Oh. So that's hanging in her bedroom, oh, Abbey nice. Road. Um, yeah, it's really fun to do. Jasmine, who works here, uh, Jasmine Egan at the Tasting House 16600, uh, you know, when she was over in France, you know, she came back and here are these great shots. Oh, nice Michael Coates' uh, yeah. daughter, uh, Allison. Oh, yeah, Allie. Yeah, she was just in Paris. Some beautiful oh, photography, right. Right. but right. now it's, you know, you it's it a poster and hanging above his desk in his office. Oh, good so. for you. That's Michael's nice. such a great guy. Yeah, yeah. Also another KSVY guy. He Maybe? is. Uh, guys at Five, I think yeah. on Wednesdays. Yeah. And... Uh, they are characters. Like, yes. God, God love He also has guys. crazy clients. He has like the Salmon Association yeah. wineries, the well, they do, people. They, they do the, a bunch of different wineries. I know yeah. they do Ledson. I know they do La Prenda. They do um, a couple others. De Rosa Art Museum, yeah. which is a great place to visit. Yeah. Um, you know, art in the valley is really Well, actually, that's a big draw. I mean, that's it's not touristy. It's not. No, it's, it's handmade stuff. It is. It is. It's, it's um, you know, artisan is a word that gets thrown around a lot. But, like, you go to the Sonoma Community Center, and there's a ceramics program that you can sign up for. And, and make learn, your own. And make your own ceramics yeah. or see the experts. And there's also the fiber arts, and you can learn how to do that sort of stuff. So you have the chance to do art here. Artscape in Sonoma Springs. They do stuff for teens. Yeah, I've got a friend who, uh, who runs uh, Janine Smith, who does sip and paint. Oh, yeah, that's a big stuff. At, at, uh, <laughs> at, mainly at the Fairmont. Yeah, so those are kind of funny, because, like, you know, I, I don't paint. But I saw one of those. I'm like, that'd be kind of fun if someone showed me how sure. to do it. And I think it's part of that creative process that going back to the mental health and the wellness aspect, that takes you out of your day-to-day worries and opens up a different part of your brain and it helps you relax a little bit. So doing Absolutely. something, even if you're not good at it, you don't have, have to fun. be good at it. Have fun. Yeah. Um, and you have that opportunity to do those kind of stuff. And music in this Area. So why it do we have amazing. so many good bands? This we're not a big town. Um, I think it was you know? the old San Francisco influence. Yeah. Um, most of those guys. I mean, I just had Barry Melton on the show last week on on Pirate Radio, mm-hmm. uh, who was the guitarist for Country Joe and the Fish. Oh, okay. okay. Who worldwide tours. Right. Uh, when they uh, they said they got the nicknames Country Joe. Yeah. They they were recording their first album in Berkeley. Okay. These long-haired hippies, right? Right. Okay, right. And somebody said, "Man, they're gonna think you are a bunch of commies." So they said, "Well, screw it. Let's do it right." Country Joe nickname came from Country Joe Stalin, oh. and the fish Barry the Fish Melton, um, Country Joe and the Fish was the name. Right. He got that from Mao's Little Red Book: "The Revolution Passes Through the Peasantry as a Fish Swimming in a Stream." Oh my God! And so he took the fish as the name, and the first time they were played was on radio moscow for real for real and oh and uh, it's hysterical what you learn but you know here's and like david aguilar mm-hmm. playing with big brother in the holding right, company right. they're gigging at different bars and centers that's every weekend very random high level of talent yeah for being a very small town a small roy valley. blumenfeld uh, was the and still is the original drummer for the Blues Project with okay. Al Cooper, Steve Katz, um, a couple other folks out of uh, the East Village yeah. in New York City in the early '60s, and they just two of them just played uh, with Barry games? Melton and David at Murphy's. Well, l- and Murphy's a small. So we have a bunch of. 
here's the deal. People think of Austin or, or Nashville or these different like yeah. music places. Or I think a big city, Chicago for the blues or whatever. Mm-hmm. But we have a bunch of small venues and really good homegrown, but also people are from other places that have retired here. John Williams. Yeah, they, and they, John, John Karskadden. We, we have that crazy live band karaoke thing, yeah. right? Like we have all these fun, <laughs> the ACDC tribute band. Oh uh, yeah. You know, we have all these different bands that play at different venues and some are quite small. Murphy's is not big. It's a small little nook. It's like yeah. tiny little, or the snug, whatever the they call it. In an alleyway next to like the, you know, Nepalese place and the juice bar um, next to the bakery. Um, but they have Sebastiani Theater. Or then you have, yeah. like, we just have the Valley of the Moon Music Festival. Hey, uh, we've got a music fest coming up November 26th called Swinging Out West with oh, Tommy right. Thompson. I hear that's a big one. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a and great... And the Spastiani? Spastiani, Tommy Thompson, David and Roy are playing. this beautiful Art Deco yeah. theater sitting there. It's stunning. I love it. And people playing wineries. Yeah, they play And, you know, when yeah. we uh, sold the Uptown Theater mm. on sponsorship for KSVY radio station, mm. they're... In in a year, um, residents their ticket sales for Sonoma mm-hmm. went up eighty percent. So it works. And and the uptown is spectacular. Not far away. I, from I, here. I went to Sam's event with uh, Tony Saunders and Catherine Russell, mm-hmm. then headed over to Napa and caught Dave Mason that night at, at the you. uptown. You're doing, you're doing two shows a day. It's great. Oh, that's I, I like. <laughs> well, I should say, speaking of, if I can give a quick. Please, here. please, please. Saturday, November 18th is the lighting of the plaza. Excellent. And we have, uh, of course, Transcendence Theater Company will be performing, but we've also got uh, John Arts with the uh, karaoke, live band Excellent. karaoke. He'll be bringing a bunch of different John performers Arts. and different groups. Great guy. Uh, and what I love is he just has like random guitarists and trombonists and whoever knows will show up. I don't know. Um, and then some other local acts will be performing. So that is a huge community event. It's when we light it the is. palm tree. It starts at sundown. Uh, at the south part of City Hall. So if you get confused about all the different four sides, don't worry, just look for the stage. Uh, but that's a big event, and then it kicks off our hall. So the season. south side would actually be the... F- Broadway. Okay. Yeah, we're coming up from Broadway, yeah. from the south. So right. the south. I mean, the, the, the horseshoe, front, as we the call it. The front entrance, where, The basically. front entrance, yeah. and where everyone... Where uh, the flags are. Where the, where the flags are, and the farmer's yeah. market on Tuesdays. Yeah. So. yeah. I and love then, that farmer's market. That is a... Is it a farmer's market, or is it a party that happens to have some vegetables? Well... <laughs> Uh, it started as a farmer's market. It did. It still but is. I, I, when I was here, wow, I got one of my best photos there. Just yeah. of red peppers. Yeah. That was it. No, but every, every housewife in Chicago wanted one in the uh, upper north side. It's probably one of the Rich best ladies. farmer's markets, I think, in, North, in California, definitely, as far as, like, for the scene. You know, for everyone showing up and dancing and music. And our plaza is the largest one in all of California. It's an eight acre. I mean, it's the largest of its kind. There's other like, like L.A. has some big plazas, but they're they're like these government plazas. Mm -hmm. They're not real plazas. Ours is an actual historic, walkable, a place you want to hang out plaza. My life has changed so much from advertising industry in Chicago and New York Mm. City and then moving out here. Yeah. It's like, uh, I, all I wanted to do in Iowa when I was 16, 17, run away to California. Really? It only took me another 50 years to get here. All right. <laughs> well, so, we're glad you're here. Uh, me glad too. Glad you made man. it. We love it. And Joan made the comment the other night that she has never had this many friends. Oh, that's And that's good. great. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, well, it's, I think that's the perfectly encapsulates Sonoma is that it's a community yeah. of friends and people that are just interesting and fun to be around. And she loves working with sister cities. Oh, good. She is Hungarian. Oh, good. So okay, she so loves yeah. that. So, 
All right. Any shout outs today? Well, you want to. I just want to remind people, if you're listening to this podcast, please subscribe to it and make sure that you give this podcast a good review because that helps you get found. Thank you very much. And uh, after you've done that, if you want to find the Sonoma Spiel, S-P-I-E-L, that is our podcast. And uh, we we love to talk about Sonoma Valley. I love those Yiddish words. I know, huh? Spiel, Spiel. schmuck, schmendrick. Yeah, what you schmata? I'm (laughs) schlepping. I'm schlepping this thing. Yiddish is such a good. Schmageggy. Yeah, it's such a good. Schmazel. I think anyone that grew up with Warner Brothers cartoons, I don't know. If we all like Yiddish, because all those guys were in in New York. Well, it's Mel Brooks. Right, and Mel Brooks stuff. You're exactly right. That's it, yeah. And and it came out of that whole vaudeville thing. But yeah, no, so uh, listen to that podcast. And uh, please come visit. If you go to cinemavalley.com, they can order our visitor guide. I will mail you. I will have a government employee bring it to your door. <laughs> really? <laughs> Directly At to the your hotel? door. Wherever you, I will have a, an official U.S. Postal Service person bring you a there visitor you guide Perfect. if you order it from our Sonoma Valley. Hey, the post office is still a thing in Sonoma. Oh, yeah, uh, we I've know got a mail one. person. I, yeah. She walks in every day. We say hi to her and, all the time. And you know him. Of course. Remember when Butch passed away? And yeah, that was big He good. would walk past, every time I was on my show, yeah. Because of the old studio, oh, we faced right. Napa right. and had that open window. Yeah, I always see him. That's, so that's what we're all about. Small town. It's very cool. Hey, Tim, thank you very much. Tim Zahner from the Sonoma Valley Visitors Bureau. <laughs> thanks for having me. Perfect. <laughs> thanks so very much. Hey, everybody, thanks for listening, and we will be back next week with our 300th show. Think about the questions you want to ask. We're going to be emailing all of our uh, uh fans that we have the emails for getting questions and we will be calling some folks so thanks a lot talk to you next week everybody take care